Welcome to episode 514 of Conversation Street, the Coronation Street podcast. That's got me in it. <laughs> also it up. Um, we are talking today about episode Who are four. you? Oh, everyone knows who I am. Gemma. Um, you kind of put the thingy right in the way of me. What? Microphone. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> We're talking about episodes broadcast in the UK between the 14th and the 18th of March. Episodes 10,586 to 10,591. That's a lot of episodes, isn't it? We are, we are. I, I quite enjoyed it this week. Um, it wasn't as epic as last week's Coronation Street, I have to say. But I thought it was still still pretty good, so I'm looking forward to having a good old chat about it later on. But before we do that, let's um, just, just get the competition reminder out of the way. We are running a Patreon competition at the moment, everybody, if you didn't know already. And you could win a year's subscription to our top-tier Patreon. All you need to do is email in to us at conversationstreet at gmail.com with a competi- with the header competition. Um, and you need to tell us what special episode... Oh, uh, no. I better get the comp- good question right. You need to tell us what special anniversary Conversation Street is celebrating later this year. It's a very easy question, hopefully, because we like to bang on about it quite a lot. Um, the competition closes on the 31st of March, which means that hopefully we'll be able to reveal our winner on our 1st of April podcast. So and get it'll in be there quick. a psych, because we were like, oh, the winner is... <laughs> Only joking. Yeah, get in there, get in there. We've, got, we've had a couple of entries already, but um, let's, let that stop you from entering yourself. Thank you to our mysterious benefactor. Thank you, thank Mr. you, thank Wayne. you. Mr. Wayne. Oh, I should call you Bruce. Bruce W. <laughs> Bruce Wayne or Wayne Bruce? He says, I didn't know the original buzz of the bee was our mysterious benefactor. I suppose he must have been coining it in in that, uh, in that buzz of job, yeah. I want to claw my ears out Why? sometimes when I listen to Kirk's oh, God, lines. Oh, God, I know, I just I just don't know as a Cory writer. It's like, oh, oh no, I've been told I have to put Kirk in this episode. I've got a perfectly fine episode without Kirk in, but they've been I don't know, I get the horrible idea that they've like banked a load of things. Like that would be funny. That would be funny. I'll just go in my Kirk notebook. <laughs> it turns out none of it is. It's because oh, they're all well. such wonderfully intellectual people that <laughs> hang around with fascinating other intellectuals they can't possibly com- comprehend of somebody yeah. of a lower IQ. Oh my gosh. Would you like me um, to ask you some questions? I would quite like that, yes. Now you're um, to mention it. Quiz questions for the 14th to the 18th of March and years ending in a 2 and a 7 and I sourced the information for this as ever from coronationstreet.fandom.com aka Coropedia. Question number 1. 14th of March 1962. Jack Walker <laughs> This is quite funny. Jack Walker is London funny. Lovelies? No. Oh. Jack Walker <laughs> collapses in the Rovers. What turns out <laughs> So funny. <laughs> what turns out to be the unusual cause? Uh, I don't know. I've got no idea. <laughs> what is it? He ate three pounds of potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> A lesson for us all. <laughs> Two pounds is quite enough, thank you. Why did he eat so many potatoes? He just was really loving potatoes. And, you know, I, I'm a staunch defender of the cuisine of this country, but I cannot defend somebody just mindlessly eating their way through. How did he... How were they prepared... I can just imagine they were just boiled potatoes. They probably were. He seems he strikes me as a bit of a boiled potato kind of guy, does Jack? Maybe a little think... bit of butter on top. We haven't had boiled potatoes in this house. Like, no, we don't really. I don't think we've ever eaten. I don't think I've ever prepared boiled potatoes, have I? No, my mum used to make them. New potatoes. Yeah. 
Yeah, my mum used to make them as well. <laughs> it's a mum thing, isn't it? <laughs> An old person thing. Like <laughs> Maybe if I have a baby, I'll start boiling potatoes all over the place. <laughs> and then you'll have to eat three pounds of them and collapse. Next question. 14th of March, 1977. Ina worries that the news of whose death will kill Albert Tatlock. 77. Uh, uh, 1977. 70's death. Um, Janet? Is it Janet Barlow? Yes. Yay. She did. 15th of March, 2012. Peter Barlow is charged with the murder of which character? 2012. 2012? <laughs> uh, character? It was Peter... I don't... This isn't, isn't Tina, because that was much later than that. Um... I don't know. I've got a headache today. Yeah, Michael's been suffering. <laughs> I've been having like headaches like most days for the past few weeks, but this time it's just carried on during the day. I don't know. We've not had a great That's my excuse. Yeah, so far have we? Not so, not and so it's far getting this year. Worse. Yeah, but we've got a nice weekend of her diversity exactly. plan. Actually, we've got a very nice weekend that is plan. So all, all worth it. Better. Who? What? Who? Who is he charged? Who is he? Who's Somebody with their first name and their last name beginning with the same initial. Oh, that's too hard to read. Frank to Foster. Out. Oh yeah, you were talking about that before. He, we? he confesses mm. to protect which character? <laughs> I thought it'd be easy for you, oh, no. Carla. Yes, Carla Barla, because he thought she'd done it, but oh. she didn't done it, no, she and didn't neither did it, he no. done it. No. Nobody done it. And did it. And done it mm. to to her. This son. is going to be a great episode. 16th. At least, at least we've done one good podcast this week because I thought that our set expansion episode was pretty good this week, wasn't it? We have a good time doing that. Has everybody listened to that? You know, I know not everyone listens to the bonus podcast, but this week's one was genuinely interesting and. <laughs> Unlike usual. You can go to our YouTube channel right now and watch it. Mm. Yes, I said watch it because I've made a lovely little slideshow of a ton of pictures of Coronation Street evolving over the past 60 years. I'm very, very proud of it, actually. So even if you've listened to it, you can just go and enjoy it again. Yeah, I I think it's great how you've put all the pictures in. Thanks. It really helps. It's very hypnotic. Yeah, good old iMovie. Sometimes we might think about putting the pictures um, like very slightly differently next to each other and then moving them quickly so that it kind of looks like they're moving. Oh, looks like a flip book. Let's do a flip book <laughs> of Coronation Street set expansion. Right, go and on. I wonder why we've got no money. <laughs> 16th of March. Imagine Naked having a little flip book of the Coronation Street set evolving over 60 years. How thick would that flip book be? <laughs> like a big old chunky family Bible. You go to buy it at um, whatever existing shops sell books, I don't know. Do they have other bookshops exist? And they just beat you to death with it for being <laughs> such a nerd. Right, 16th of March, 1992. Rita turns down a proposal of marriage from who? Ted Sullivan. Mm. But then she then married him anyway. Flighty mm. piece. 17th of March, 2017. Faye goes to hospital to have an infected tattoo looked at. She is surprised to see her daughter and her daughter's father there. What are their names? Miley and Jackson Hodge. Yeah, Miley Hodge. Mm. Why is Miley like five now? Crikey, That's, it's high time for her to come back into the show. She's more she than five. She could be friends with Elsie. She's right. like, she's more than five, isn't she? Oh yeah, she must be. She wasn't. He was. Well, well, ja- Jackson Hodge didn't give birth to her in the hospital, no. and then Amy comes along and goes, he didn't "Oh, give birth I mean, to Faye, her at all. what are you up to? <laughs> is that my next, child you've birthed?" Next question, Jackson. 
18th of March 2007, which family move into number six and try to guess where which character was murdered? I know it is. Which question? Right, okay. Right, Right. a family moves in to to number six. six. Right, that must be the Morton family. Yep, and they're like, ooh, wonder where... Charlie was murdered. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Thanks. Six, seven, out of nine. Okay, that's not too bad. That's all right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's got a birthday this week, Gemma? 19th of March, Lisa Lewis, who played Shirley Armitage. 20th of March... Paul Fox, who's Mark Redman V. Natalie Gamidi played Kirsty Soames. 21st of March, Bruno Langley played Todd Grimshaw the first. We don't I talk guess. about Bruno, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'll move on. 22nd of March, Christine Hargreaves, who played Christine Appleby. And 23rd of March, Alan Browning, who played Alan Howard. Happy birthday, everybody. Have a good birthday, Have all good of one. those people. Yes, 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 indeed. Right, um, let's get on with Street Talk. Right, it is time for Street Talk this week, and like I said earlier, I've got a bit of a headache, but I'm going to do my best today to do an awesome podcast, because this week's Coronation Street deserved it. I thought it was quite good, and we're going to be starting off with the Happy Babby Baby story. Oh, gosh, it's excruciating, isn't it, some of this? Like, oh, Imran wants to be a dad, but he can't I be said, a dad. I said, I said this was going to be good. Kind of oh, and oh, it's just so cute, and oh, my gosh, really, really enjoying this this week. It's a shame that they can't do it. It lost steam a little bit on Friday's episode, didn't it? It had, it gave all it got on Monday and Wednesday, and then in tonight's episode, it was yeah, definitely out. well. It wasn't an A story this week. It's just a shame that that well, age-old, I mean. beautiful story of a drug addict giving birth to a baby in the woods has been ruined by an affair. Yeah, I know. So sad. Yeah. So sad. Um, then we've got the the the, the Bailey remember her story. This is our number two story this week, Gemma. Slash, and I think we probably used this the last time we thought that she'd gone the grace period <laughs> over. You very much enjoyed this, didn't you? She was so evil. I think like me and you might be the only Coronation Street viewers in the country that have enjoyed the Bailey storyline this week. But I don't care. That's a bit mean grace to was say. Great. That's a bit mean to say. This this next. Um, They're not popular, but they don't. They have their fans. Yeah. Next storyline title, I've realised, definitely only works best written down. Um, <laughs> it's it's written down as no tar, but it should be no TA, because Nikki is not going to be a TA out of the school. That was terrible. We and also, got, you could also make a rude um, meaning for that mm-hmm. and say no TNA. No, no TNA at all. That's what she not. tried to move from. TNA to just TA. <laughs> yeah, it didn't true. work because she wore leather trousers to the interview. <laughs> wear leather trousers to your TA interview, honestly. No. If Daniel could have given her any tips, that would be the first one. I, I know, think. but it wouldn't have come out right. It would have been like, first of all, take your trousers off. <laughs> <laughs> but, she might um, have got the wrong idea. She just said, I just looked at the school dress code and all the girls here have got to wear trousers so that they can't be upskirted. So I would I would have drawn, wore my usual mini skirt. Um, we've got the Halo story next. It's the Halo slipping this week, Gemma. Oh, nice one. Um, and then we had a little bit more of the Sick Neeland slash Smoke and Maria's story. And uh, we'll end up on the storyline title that Gemma doesn't like me to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. Nate. Scott on the rock. There you go. Scott on the Right, happy baby baby. I'm going to do this one because I'm sure you'll want to take the grey story. Um, And it starts off on Monday with Toya having a look at wedding venues because they're definitely going to get married this year. They're going to live happily ever after. Nothing could possibly go wrong. And they are so just fortunate and lucky to to have each other. Oh, is Toya going to get to wear a wedding dress? Can I just say? I want to see that. The way you know whether or not it's likely that you're going to get to see 
the actual wedding is if you get to see the actress put on her wedding dress before the big day. Is that right? That means you're not going to get to see the uh, wedding. Because the writers want you to, you know, they want to pimp out whatever bridal companies paid yeah, them off. Yeah, you're probably right, you're probably right. I don't know, I can't I need to yet. see it, I need that to see it. So, um, Abby is, gets another visitation from Chloe, the um, social worker. Makes it sound like And she's found out that there's been an application to put Alfie temporarily into care, but Abby is determined to keep this little kiddo. I love how she calls him kiddo, it's so sweet, isn't it? I thought she called him kiddo. Kiddo, yeah. But it's a kidder. Oh, kid. That's, that's, my, that's my Abby impression. Come on, kidder, we can do it. Kiddo, oh, whatever. Yeah, changing the sport, way the words. The oh, I'm sorry. Anyway. Do it again. Kiddo. No, kiddo. Aww. Kiddo. Oh, so cute. She's determined to keep him. And then she's, she's going to say, I'm going to do it right this time. We're gonna, I'm going to go and look after this baby forever. Anyway, there's going to be a hearing. It's in two weeks' time. So she's got a little bit of time to get this case together. But she hasn't even got a lawyer or anything yet. So what are we going to do? She's determined to fight. She's been to a rehab meeting and everything. She says, I'm going to keep this baby. And she starts to have a little mini monologue about how she'll do whatever it takes to get her son back for good. Toya later on finds Abby looking for a flat to rent in the cabin window. And as they're chatting, Imran drives past in his flashcard, doesn't he? He's like, what, <laughs> what the hell? hell? And, and Abby, you don't you're semi-mistress. You don't semi semi-mistress. He kind of I know, there's like, no word for... nothing good can come out of this. These two characters never have scenes together. Something's going on, says Imran. It turns out this week they only have scenes together, I think, don't they? They're new bezzy mates, quite coincidentally. So um, Toya goes to see Imran. Um, in the in the lawyer's office later, and says, "Look, do you know any good family lawyers? Because I got I've got a friend who's just had a baby, and he needs a, she needs a lawyer for um, some side cause of custody thing, and he knows immediately who she's talking about." And then he has a silly, terrified sound effect moment, doesn't he? And I, 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 you know, I hate that sort of thing on Coronation Street. It was the kind of panning slowly into Imran as everything goes all like. <laughs> I'm a dad, says Imran. Well, he doesn't say it, he thinks it out loud. So yeah, this this uh, this doesn't stay secret for long, does it? Um, the, the fact that he's that he's a father, and he's like, oh my gosh, I think I know exactly. I thought this was brilliant. I love this. I hated the moment. I hated the editing and the, the directional way of whatever on this I particular didn't. bit. Um, I know you don't like that. I, I, don't, I don't like that sort of thing. Anyway, um, oh, I'm lost where we are now. So he um, he says, um, look, I know you're well, speaking yeah. about Abby. And she's like, no, I'm not. I need to go now. Sorry. So Imran then, desperately tries to phone up Abby and says, look, can you call me? There's something I need to talk to you about. Um, it's quite important. <laughs> so he goes banging around number 13 later. Nobody's answering the door. Um, and he tries to call her again. Abby, Abby. Do my pants. Do my pants. I hear that you've got a great pant washing service here. He tracks her down to the hospital, puts on one of those <laughs> blue aprons that, that's quite the fashion around Weatherfield General at the moment, and um, says that. Um, and she she at first tries to make out that she's visiting a mate who's had a baby, and he's like, "No, I've heard what Toya's told me. I know it's you that's had a baby. Is it mine? Am I the father?" Advert break. And she, he's uh, like many characters, and even me at one point can't believe that she wouldn't know that she was pregnant and she says look I am I, I no thought, it was I, I was pregnant um, 
what's she said? No, she said, I didn't think I was before because I, I came on, she says. And, um, but it was, I, but I'm, I'm still, I was, I was, I was a mum. I was like, it's definitely mine. His name's Alfie and everything. It's definitely mine. See, this is the privilege women have over men. Definitely mine, definitely yours, definitely ours. You definitely ours. know it's our baby yes. when it comes out. And he's like, completely knocked for six on this, but he desperately wants to see this kid. So he comes into the unit, <sighs> sees Alfie for the first time. <sighs> Abby tells him about the bowel thing, just to, you know, really... When I was giving birth, I did a bit of a poo. Not that no, I wasn't asking thing. you about that, that, Abby. I was talking about Alfie. Alfie and his funny bowels. And Imran asked the nurse about it and says, oh, I'm just a friend. And then <laughs> there's a great moment where oh Toya walks God. into the room. And that was a bit of a yikes moment, isn't I it? I was loving this episode. My heart was in my mouth at that This story point. had this... so many amazing cringe moments on yes. Monday. It was just full of just revelation after revelation of characters and, and everybody like this one. everybody just absolutely playing blinders left was, right and center toya's expression she... when she came in the room and she's like what the flipping heck are you doing here and then she starts to go uh-oh i'm in trouble because i didn't tell him about abby yes. and then i was like oh Good uh, God, how do I what explain am I going to say? this Well, I was one. thinking, how are they going to explain this? Is this going to come out already, I thought? But no, of course not. They're well, going to not make, like... They're going to make this last real Is he time. going to do a Steve McDonald? He's my son! Yeah, so it could, could have been. If only he'd have touched him, it would have just come out. No, they go out to see her, and Amy immediately jumps in and says, oh, I called Imran in for legal advice. Clever move, Abby. Very smart. <sighs> Toya falls for it, and Imran's out. Um, um, yes, yes, definitely, that's what, that's what it is. <laughs> Um, so Toya apologises for him around back at home later and says, yeah, sorry I didn't tell you Abby was the person uh, I was talking about about this baby and um, you, you're very kind for helping her out. She also admits she's a little worried for poor old Alfie because um, if things go in the way, if things keep going this way, he could end up in the care system for good. And everyone's like, oh, that's my son. Later on, um, Adam goes to... Um, the, the office Nimran's there and he, he's pretty not because of everything that's going on well he's like you're not allowed in here oh yeah yeah he is isn't he I he's don't like, know why Adam's stopped. not allowed in there but I know it's because suddenly... you're, you're ruining the reputation know, of our good it, business it is his business I know. though if Imran does, has a problem with it he should start his own business mm. and then Adam has a little nose uh, a little nose a little on the nose <laughs> moan about saying oh oh at the moment it's all bad I'm moving away from my house and Ad and Harry are not going to even recognise me soon kids need stability and security etc etc and and Imran's like mm, yes that's uh, that reminds me of something that's going on in my life at the moment actually so he goes back to the hospital finds abby talking to alfie about them going on a nice holiday with the twins when he's 18 or whatever and she's utterly besotted by so this little sweet. kid and um says oh alfie you saved my life just by showing up she suddenly notices imran and uh, he says look i'm gonna help you fight for custody here and then he goes and speaks to Alfie himself and he's like, oh, me and your mum, we're going to make sure you come home. <laughs> and, he, and he promises Abby he is going to tell Toy the truth, but not yet. maybe not quite yet, no. So Wednesday comes round and that's all about Abby in the paper and they were right about saying it was going to be the next day's chip papers, didn't they? Because it wasn't even mentioned Nobody in today's cares. episode. Nobody cares anymore. He's a bit, yeah, Abby's in the paper. The, the, the Gazette's managed to get hold of this story of... Um, what was the story saying? It was the the mother who abandoned the child has been named as Abigail Webster, something, something, something. Anyway, yeah, like, everybody yeah. knows now. No point I trying to hide it. I don't believe this would happen. Because at, at that, up until that point, Toya and Imran were the only people who knew, and Kevin, 
no, Kevin Kevin didn't even know at that point, did he, that, that Abby had had a baby. Um, so Debbie's absolutely fuming with this, and obviously she's still under the impression that it's Kevin's baby. Does Kevin even know, she says. Abby tries to leave, but Abby chases her out. Debbie. Debbie chases her out down the road, clopping her over the cobbles with her, and then Imran has to stop her harassing her in the street, and she he, he's like, she's, she's my client, but I can't say why. <laughs> <laughs> so... I, I I thought that it's I thought so that Debbie funny. and Im, Debbie versus Imran was awesome because she's she's such, she can be a she's bit of terrifying. a firecracker that Debbie can't she? She's she, like what she lacks in stature, yep. she certainly makes up for in feistiness. She's half Imran size, and she's still like I'm going to bite your face off, and then I'm going to spit it out and make you eat it. <laughs> so uh, Abby tells Imran that um, Albie's having this this bowel operation today, and um, later on we got we we see. There's a there's a scene that didn't particularly go anywhere. I don't think um, Leanne and Toya in the in the cafe where um, Leanne's reading the article and says, "Toya, did you know about this?" And Toya's like, "Yeah, I kind of already knew. I've been trying to help her. Abby's going to try and keep custody of the baby." But um, yeah, I don't I don't think anything else goes on with Leanne there, does it? We'll find out. When I we don't. Get her in the I, no, I don't, I don't know so. why so, she's in that scene. It, it was it was another example of you can't put um, Toya and Leanne in a scene together without them being at each other's throats for something for some reason. Anyway, well, um, you wouldn't know because you're not a lady with a sister. I am not a lady with a sister. That's right. So Imran and, and Abby I. are at the hospital later. He's kind of pacing around a little bit. Alfie's still not gone in for his procedure at this point, and he's just um, saying for us again, "Oh yeah, I'm going to stand by you. I'm going to stand by the baby." Um, she doesn't really want it coming out that he's the dad. So she kind of sends him on his way. And then we get the moment where Alfie gets wheeled out on his little mini trolley He's down got... the corridor. It's like, it's like the little trolley that you can get for your kids when you go to Sainsbury's, isn't it? To make them look like they're shopping as well. It wasn't quite the same thing. Not quite the same It thing. reminded me of um, like a, a budgie cage where you throw a blanket over the budgie to oh, yeah, make it, it think that it's, day, it's night time. We've, we've still not had a proper look at this kid, have we? He's just like a little pink blob in an incubator. Do you think that, that that's it looks like a real baby, doesn't it? Because you you see it moving, like it's breathing it does, a little it does, bit. But I don't know whether it's just a little, you know, a little Jem Henson, little animatronic thing in. Well, there. we know that they've got drawers of babies. They in do there. have drawers of babies, and maybe this one's just got a little, um, little inflatable. Maybe balloon it's like one of those um, cute cats that you can, the, you know, the fake sleeping cat that you can buy yeah. to creep people out at Christmas. <laughs> you have a fake premature baby to creep people out. <laughs> a novelty baby. <laughs> Surprise oh, your parents by saying, look, I had a child but I didn't no. even realise I was pregnant. Your grandparents. Psych! I don't know. No, that's anyway, weird. Anyway, he goes off for his... For his no, op- no, no. What? Abby goes and lifts up the, the oh, yeah, cover of the birdcage and says, why are there parrots in here? <laughs> I thought you'd given my kid an operation. And then I was just like, no, we just wheel these through to all the children's wards so the, the children can play with the birds. Here's your child here what in does... this other incubator. Abby says, I'll see you in a bit, Kedda. I love you. Oh, why are you making <laughs> so, um, me so sad? It's later this on. This kid what? better live and have a happy, healthy, long life. Mm. Otherwise, I'm going to throw something at somebody. But who will it be with? Will it be with Toya or Imran or Toya and Imran? Abby? Abby and Imran? Abby and Kevin? Who knows? Maybe. Jack. Maybe. Yeah, maybe Jack. Jack's washed his hands of the old bloody thing. I tell you that. Oh, God. Jack, wow. you were so mad on Wednesday's he... episode. Could you feel the fire coming from Jack later on? <laughs> that was a, he was very stern. What a performance. Um, <laughs> right. Anyway. The nurse comes in. Nurse comes in and says, "Right, surgery's still going on. Don't worry about it." Also, a friend has come to see you. I was thinking, 
who could that be? Who is it that's going, is it, is it him round back again? I don't know. But she goes out into the corridor and surprise, it's Kevin. So obviously um, in the intervening period since this morning, Debbie's called her brother back from his yeah. mysterious journey well, away. Well, I don't imagine that Kevin's like going around, where is he, Wales? Sco- I don't sco- know. He's in his little van enjoying the high life of the, the various A-roads of the, of the north. I think and he's, he's just sitting around seething. And getting delivered a Weatherfield Gazette. Yeah. Well, he's under the impression, obviously, that the baby is Tezza's. Debbie thinks it's his. When Abby comes out of the door, she sees he's in the waiting room and she looks at him and she says hi and then she immediately bursts into tears. Oh, yeah, they go and for this, a hug, don't Sally, they? Sally Carmen's performance in that scene was just fantastic because it she didn't, didn't cut, it was just her. She comes out, she says hi, and then she dissolves into tears instantly. And... I know that lots of people don't like Abby, but how could you not feel something for somebody who's going through such horrible turmoil, unless it's Tim? I think a lot of people at least admit and recognise that Sally Carmen constantly puts out performance after performance, even if they find it very difficult to uh, sympathise with Abby the character. But uh, yeah, it was one of the really good moments. They have a hug and they're like having a huggy hug. So um, yeah, he says it's it's (sighs) Tez's, isn't it? And she says, yeah, it is. And I don't want him to know about it either. So she talks, she kind of starts opening up to him and says, I'm trying to get a flat, but it's not easy. Tells him about the social services. I'm going to fight for custody. Um, and then we hear that Alfie's surgery is over. It's been a success. Um, so Abby goes in to see no, him and, and Kevin. No, she says, do you want to you come with me? Yeah, yeah. And Kevin's like, no, I, I think I'll stay yeah, in But the this corridor. was another poignant scene that you're just glossing over. Am I? Yes. She... He just looks like she's she's had this reconciliation with him where they've just hugged and he's comforted her when she was sad. And she, now she's extending the olive branch a bit further. Well, it's not really her, her position. To, you know what I mean? She's like testing him a bit further to see how far is his benevolence going to extend here. Does, do you want to see the baby? And he looks heartbroken, doesn't mm. he? And a, a massive shout out to Mike, Mike Laval, who... Um, He's also fantastic. He's really good, and they just give him cranky, angry scenes so much. But when he does things like this, he's he, heartbreakingly he... vulnerable. Yeah, and I could um... definitely feel the like my whole life, like you know, six months ago, not even that. I was married to this beautiful young woman. I thought that you know my life had almost started again, a new chapter, and now yeah. it's over. And she's moved on so much that she's got another kid. So it's it's. Just I don't over. think that's it, but he he just looks like no, I can't. I'm not mm. coming with you. And Abby knows, like, it's set in stone then. Okay, I am doing this by myself. He's not going to ever forgive me for this. And this is just my responsibility. And I can't expect him to help yeah, me. She has another crack that at scene, him later on. I know, but that scene said so much. And you're like, yeah. he says no. Anyway, later on. <laughs> Anything else to add about that scene? I wouldn't dare interrupt you. I think that you explained it much better than me. So, she goes back in to see Baby. She goes to see the kiddo. So, um, she comes out again later and Kevin says, look, if you want, you can come and stay at my house for a bit until this is all over. And, uh, she said, you're going to need support of people who love you around you. And she, she actually during this time starts to think, oh, is, is he kind of maybe wanting to take me back? So, um, in the bistro later, Kevin... You've missed out. Oh, no, I just missed There's nothing okay. really happens. That toy a bit bumps into everyone. Toy tells him around that the... Baby's okay. And he's, he's like, like, hooray, my bro, baby, my really. son. 
So in the bistro later, Kevin is there with Jack and Debbie, obviously. Because <laughs> um, De- Debbie says, um, no, he, he's, he kind of double, he's a bit of a double whammy, isn't he? He's like, oh yeah, by the way, Abby's just had a baby. And Jack's like, what? So he's he's kind of my half brother. And Kevin's like, <laughs> kind of no, a thing, no. <laughs> not really, not really. No, because so, the adoption didn't go through, remember? Yes. Uh, oh yeah, that's true. Hey, whatever happened with that? They just gave up on that. She's got yeah, other things think to, other good. fish to fry now. I, I think they can stop that one. Yeah, free yeah. up a bit of court time there. In but two for weeks' another time. Hearing. Two weeks' time, they're at the court looking at their watch, going, they really <laughs> seem like they really wanted to do this." And then I said, "Have a check up." And I looked into it actually, and do you know what? She's back on the gear. Yeah. And she's birthing babies left, right, and centre. <laughs> and so, so Jack's like. Oh, I hate that Abby. Grr, she's so horrible. I'm what? going to storm out of this bistro. What and, a slaglet uh, she is. Well, here's when Kevin says, well, you're going to have to get used to her because she's come to live with us, that Jack does his, uh, does his best stomping out, doesn't he? So back at number 13, um, later on, Kevin has to tell Abby what's happened with Jack and because uh, he's now going to stay with Debbie for a bit, isn't he? I think Jack was just putting it on because he's got used to living the high life at Chariot he's Square. got that mini bar and lockdown. Yeah, any excuse. So um, he says, right, you're only staying here, by the way, Abby, if you're staying clean. Um, but if you if you really want to keep Alfie in your life, you, you'll do it, and I'll do whatever I can to support you as well. So Abby, at this moment, kind of tries to go in for a little bit of love. She makes makes the moves on him, doesn't she? Because she, she thinks that he's kind of forgiving her and saying, yeah. let's get back to how things were before. Yeah. Um, and, uh, hey, no, wait a minute. What are you doing here then, Abby? So a little bit embarrassed, Abby uh, rushes off and uh, she's like She's this. not embarrassed. Well, she's embarrassed that she's she... She's traumatised that she's... She's embarrassed that she got the wrong end, end of the stick, I think. I think like, she's more upset that she's ruined her life than being embarrassed. But I guess, you know, each glance contains multitudes, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. And Sally Carmen's acting. <laughs> um, so we've got the end of the episode. This is another very, very cute scene. We had Toya and Imran oh. and Elsie walking oh. down the street. Elsie's first outside scene, I think. Bless she was so heart. dinky, wasn't she? She's such a little munchkin. She, she had a, like, a nice little outside coat on and they're just having a little stroll down the street. And um, so they they bump into Abby, of course, and Toya says, oh, why don't you come and stay with us for a bit? And then Imran immediately <laughs> jumps in and is like, no, I don't think that's a good idea, actually, which earns him a massive glare from Toya. And Abby says, fine, you're right not a good idea i'm gonna she, she walks off toya has a has a moan at imran who then chases after abby and says look have some of my money you can have somewhere to stay and um abby turns that down oh, so, that um, scene with um with their little family it was so adorable very i know that people family, were complaining know. that they were very socially distanced but i don't i don't know i just i loved it because it made them look kind of vulnerable and it was almost like a visual metaphor for the fact that this story is breaking them apart and they will never really truly be together yeah, I'm but sure that's it what was the director social, would It was said. social distancing, I know it was. They, but they look like a little family of elephants. Like, you know, like when an elephant... Uh, I don't think they actually do this. I think this is only in cartoons from the <laughs> 90s and 80s. But they walk and they hold they hold the tails in the trunks and they do do a little walk down to the waterhole. <laughs> it's so cute because it's also like, where are they going? They're too adorable. They think they've got business somewhere. Look at them. What are they, what are they up to? Yeah, that is very true, actually. Going down to get a milkshake. <laughs> Late night milkshake. 
milkshake from Roy's. Yeah. Um, so, Friday then. So, Toya tries to phone up Abby to sort of uh, apologise for what happened last night, but I can't get hold of her. She also says sorry to Imran for suggesting that Abby could, should come round. And she says, you're right, it's not going to work with Elsie. Probably best not to have somebody quite so volatile living here with, uh, with, young, with, with our young little tinker. So um, they're both very worried about what's going to happen to Alfie if Abby goes off the rails again. So Abby and, and Toya see each other in the cafe later. She's been flat hunting. And Toya says, look, never mind that. You need to go to the hospital right now. You need to spend some time with your son. Maybe go to an addicts meeting as well. And then um, Imran sees Abby in the street and says, you need to be in, you, we, we, you need to be strong here. We're in this together. Don't forget about that. I'm just laughing. Abby's coming back going, well, I went to the wrong bloody place, but I tell you what, if we board this place up, this loft could look right good. <laughs> and I've got a great idea for how to put windows in. <laughs> of course. <laughs> an attic meeting. Oh, so I get an it. addict meeting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went to B and Q. I thought it was weird <laughs> when I saw the when I saw the leaflet. So, um, they, there's a scene at the garage later where Kevin's having another sit in the car, isn't he? He's just kind of he's, he's a bit bereft. He's realizing what he's gone wrong. It reminded me of the scene from a few weeks ago when he overheard the Bluetooth conversation with Abby. Tyrone realizes that he can't concentrate on his work at the moment. This kind of tries to send him off home. Um, Imran comes over and says, oh, Kevin, did you know Abby stayed in a and b last night? You need to cough up some maternity pay, mister. I know what she's done to you and everything, but um, statutory rights say that you owe her. And- well, this is funny because this is the typical modus operandi of all business owners on Coronation Street to act dumb when it comes to employee rights and just firing people left, right and centre mm. with totally inappropriate things, never giving them any severance pay. No. Um, he needs to decide, is she fired or is she on maternity leave? It's because whenever anyone gets fired on Coronation Street, it's because usually for personal yeah. beef between the you know employer why? and employee. <clears throat> I would like to see them hire, I would like to see them fire somebody at, um, at the factory for not doing their duties properly, because I don't think anybody's actually got a proper job apart from Kirk. <laughs> what about Dirk and his checklist? Very what is he stuff. checking, Michael? Well, what is he checking? He's looking, at the, he's looking at the clothes rails, isn't he? And go, yep, yep, they're all hanging there, tick. Do, I think he's doing the register. <laughs> um, anyway, so Kevin has to kind of accept that, yeah, maybe I'll, I'm going to give her a bit of money. Um, <coughs> and Tyrone makes a very good point. How is Abby able to afford Imran as a lawyer? And they don't kind of go down that route anymore, but I wonder whether that's going to, you know, be bubbling around in Tyrone's little brain. And uh... Well, I think... It would be fairly obvious to me that Imran's an insufferable do-gooder, and he always has been. He just does it for free. I don't know why Imran didn't say that. When, when I see injustice, I will fight it at all costs. It's because of the boner I gave it. I mean, it's pro bono. <laughs> <coughs> so, we got another <laughs> hospital scene at the end of the episode. How rude. Toya says, Abby, look, I've paid for you to... Um, is that what they said? Are they paying for rent for Abby to go and live in the precinct? Well, Toya's like, I've bought you a flat. And and Abby's like, you, you know you have to pay that money every month. You know, right? Toya's like, why doesn't everyone just own their own home? People are so dumb. It's so middle class now. <laughs> um, so Abby is, is very chuffed by this news. Imran's behind it too. So, um, yeah, she's going to be the first new person to live in the precinct. Which Just has been nobody, there the whole time. Nobody's told her that it's still um, got six months until it can appear on screen, but uh, never mind about that. So, um, Well, Imran, hang on. What? The, the interior sets could still appear, couldn't they? They, they could, they absolutely yeah. could. Anyway, 
Um, Imran has another thing just saying we need to keep quiet about our big secret and Abby at the end of the episode goes and tells her little kiddo that they've got a home oh and she looks so happy there were so many points I don't know how Sally Carmel does it she can make this beautific kind of um, uh, what's her (laughs) what's Jesus' mum called (laughs) (laughs) Mary Mary like what do you What's it called? No, but like when you say she looks like Madonna. Yeah, she kind of. I've ruined the whole thing. She gets she she gives this beautific kind of saintly smile, like like the most wholesome kind of motherly love, like beautific saintly countenance of like peace and serenity, Mm. and and like when she looks at her son, and it's beautiful, but it's tragic because it's like okay, you can't just live on good feelings and. Because especially if they're temporary, because as much as I'd like to believe that she could be a good mum to Alfie and, you know, fourth time lucky, <laughs> I don't know whether I really believe it. It's I'd not... really, really like to, but even after, like, was it Wednesday's episode, she proved that she's just going to go off the rails again. And if, like, <laughs> literally within hours of pledging her unconditional love to her son, she's, like, going off in a strop and possibly going to score again or whatever, I, I, I just when don't know. When did that happen? Well, no, well, well she... She, she didn't, but it looked like she very easily could have done, you know, well, when, she, when she made a pass at Kevin yeah. and then went off in a strop and, and, yeah. and Toya was having to say, no, come back to the hospital on <laughs> yeah. Friday. Um, well, I, but... I think that she absolutely could do that again. Oh, of course she could. There is a reason why it isn't like fourth time's a charm. It's like mm. when you get to that many, it's like when you're going to not really not working out, is it? Yeah, I'd really like her to be able to, to look after this baby. Well, Soap Lord decrees that she will never find peace and happiness. Mm, so sad. So, um, I was... What's, what's the latest? Last week, were we talking about the possibility of Imran and Toya maybe taking this baby on? Um, because now Imran knows about it. I think before I was thinking, or well, maybe Imran's going to inadvertently take on this baby without actually realising that it's his but obviously he knows it is now do you think that he would say to Toya oh maybe we can look after the baby so obviously he yeah. would know that the baby was his and it's Toya got, would be blissfully unaware it's got to be a scene with Toya like finding out all this out and like shrieking at, at Imran like her lips curled in disgust going you let me raise your baby you let you you let me raise your love child in this house how dare you yeah, but then that would obviously come after the scenes where she makes a comment to someone like, oh, Imran's just a natural father to this kid. It's I don't like, know what it is. Treats, a special uh, treats bond. him like he's really his own. Yeah. It, 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 no more secrets, though. I, I, I do wonder whether Abby's going to, you know, do another runner again mm. and, and Imran and Toya will be left holding the baby, so to speak. It would speak. be too... Um, she'd be too irredeemable. Also, I mean, I suppose Imran can't just you know, turn up to the hospital and say, no, no, don't take it into care. I'm the dad. And they go, oh, so, so fair enough. Thanks sign for claiming. this form. Yeah. Uh, have we got the baby form? Can you bring that out, please? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just sign here and here. I mean, there's also the the fact that um, at some point, Abby is going to have to register this birth. 
is she going to put Imran on the birth certificate? Well, they could have an argument about it, couldn't they? Because it's not... Like, for all that people talk about birth certificates and soaps and how much dramatic stuff happens around them, who gives a... Most people, like... When you have a baby, people don't go, oh, where's the certificate then? Whose baby is it? What's the baby's name? I don't believe you. Show Show me the proof. Because I do think that... Imran would want to be named on the birth certificate. It seems to me I that he, he probably would. would. He'd and be stupid and, and not Abby to, would be like, would no, be I think it's too. too much too much hassle. But would she put Tez on the birth certificate, even though she knows it's not? I mean, this this lie can't keep up forever, can it? Well, might maybe it'll it maybe it'll last as long as Tez is got left in prison and then I'll pitch up at the hospital going, Where's my son? I heard I had a baby. <laughs> I don't even know how. Um, I, I just, I'm just trying to think. Like, could is it possible that Tez could be involved in this story? You know? I don't know because he's How in hospital for for having that gun, isn't prison. he? Prison. Oh, prison. Sorry, he's in prison for that gun. <laughs> um, I don't know what he was sentenced to. That's not a to. big deal, is it? Come on, it was dramatic and fun. Having guns in Coronation Street all the time. Yeah. Um. I. I just think we know that this is going to come out. We know that everyone's going to find out that Imran's the, the dad. But how is it, it, you know, it could very well be Tez dramatically turning up, going, she's lying, I'm not paying her child support. I just think that I mean, Imran is so is going to be so besotted with this kid because he's wanted this, uh, he's wanted a child for a while now, hasn't he? And he, we've seen ever since they they took in Mason a couple of Christmases ago that um, he's a real natural with kids. <sighs> and I think that once, you know, once he spends more time with them, once the the child starts growing up, maybe it's going to have some other kind of medical issue or something. I think he's not going to be able to help himself. Well, I just think he, he's obviously not really thinking about the situation that he's in here because... He's just so concerned with not ever letting Toya find out that he and Abby slept with each other. But if he had just admitted it in the first place, it's possible. I know, they'd be a lot further down the road now. Like, well, he's to- just given up the chance of ever being able to actually live with his son. And mm. he's just assuming that Abby, you know, is the one that's going to look after him. But actually, I think if I was Imran, I'd say, bloody hell, you're not having my son. Yeah, because he knows what she's like. She, I mean, she is. She's a drug addict. She, she puts herself in danger all the time. Um, I get maybe that's what's going to happen. Maybe he's she's not going, thought it through. Maybe he's... she's going to win custody of this uh, of Alfie, then then go off the rails again, start <laughs> drinking and boozing and she's and drugging gonna... up, and Imran kind of sweeps in the, up there and rescues Alfie and saying, "I can't." <laughs> Let, I can't stand by and see you neglect our son like this. I just don't think. I just don't think if I was Imran, I could sit there and say nothing, and let Abby take the child and not fight at all or say anything along the lines of, "Are you genuinely saying that you are better for the baby than I and mm. me and Toya would be?" But, but yeah, then he, you know, I think he probably deep down knows that he's pushed it too far with Toya and there's no way that he and Toya would ever be able to raise his child together because of the lie. Yeah, that's. I think that's his, <clears throat> his main motivation at the moment is knowing that it was just desperately trying to make sure that Toya doesn't find out about this. He did say to Abby this week, oh, I will tell Toya just not yet. Yeah, but I, I think that's just a way of putting <laughs> off and, and when is going to feel like the right time. Does he love Alfie more than he loves Toya? 
I don't know. It's like, it's, it's, oh, it's a different thing, isn't it? It's completely different. What would you think of um, Imran maybe trying to set up a life with Abby? Do you think that he no, could fall in love with her? That's so stupid. Oh, sorry, just a theory. And, and it doesn't mean just because it's stupid, it's not going to happen either. You know what happens in Coronation Street sometimes. Uh, it's it's so heartbreaking that there, there can't possibly a happy be a happy ending for everybody in this story. I know. A load of characters that I really like. I know. It just cannot oh, be a happy it's ending It's like watching them all walking slowly into a wall over and over again. Even, even the lovely Elsie is going to... She's going to become... A victim of this too. Yeah, and I'm sure Toya's going to throw that in his face mm. as well. There seems to be um, quite a lot of sympathy for Imran at the moment, doesn't there? He's certainly not being made out to be too much of a wronger, is he? Despite the fact that he is, as we know, officially a dirty dog. He is, yeah. There's, there's an awful lot of. It feels like, yeah, he's being written in a sympathetic light. I think. Men get judged less for things like this anyway. I don't think so. Not not always. Um, it helps that he's good looking. Yeah, it's that, that he. I kind of. I'm kind of glad. Not that I. I mean, I still think that he obviously shouldn't have done that with Abby. But <laughs> it's I, the whole I just, thing is ridiculous. I, I just don't. It is, it's I can't see how fine. they ever got to that stage. Like I said before, I, you know, lawyer. Um, Imran is supposed to be a middle class lawyer and I know that I'm being a bit naive here and they are you know probably all on drugs and awful people but there's a certain air of respectability and self-control that has to be involved in being a lawyer I just can't imagine him getting drunk going into town with a drug juggy and shagging her in the toilet no no. like where did they do it this is the logistics of this make no sense but sometimes from silly sparks great stories can come because like you know the Peter and Tina affair we spoke, well, you spoke recently, that was on one of our Patreon episodes, wasn't it? About yeah. how you actually loved the affair story and what that turned into. But the whole it Peter was, yeah. getting together with Tina was ridiculous at the start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes it's worth stupid things well, being the catalyst if the storyline's going to be great. It's just really pushing, pushing pieces on a board together, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, and sometimes they have to... Um, Push them really hard into each other. Over yeah, and, over again. and maybe characters not acting in the way they would do. It's just, it's just, it is a shame, but no, it's a, it's a great story. I just wanted to say as well, um, we, we, we mentioned about Mike Lavelle's great performances this week, and I was actually, um, I want to give a few props to Kevin for being fairly reasonable in his reaction, because like, he could very well have just thrown off the handle, couldn't he? But instead he, you know, he understood Abby, showed that he still loved her, invited her in and everything. I thought that was um, very good of him. So mature. He's maybe he's learning. Maybe after all this time, he's growing up and realizing that just punching someone isn't the, the only way he's out like, of a uh, of a problem. He's hedging his bets because he's thinking if she lives in my house, that's where the washing machine is. So yeah, she still has to do my pants. <laughs> so jokes on her. <laughs> that was what it is, wasn't it? Abbe, Abbe, come back and live with me. There's there's some fish fingers in the freezer, by the way. <laughs> Oh, and the other thing, and I have written a note about this to remind myself. Um, I can't remember what this, what the setup for this punchline was, but it was when Abby. Uh, no, is it Imran says, "How did you know that you were pregnant, or when did you know that you were pregnant, or something?" And Abby says, "When a little hand came out and waved." <laughs> I thought that was great. <laughs> the mental image there. I, I, I don't want to think uh, concentrate on it for too long, but that was a, that was a funny little line, and again delivered very, very well. Why don't we sell? Now, this is the sort of thing that makes me wish that we, you know, how. Um, 
you, they have Lego movies of things. Yes. I'd love to see the Lego movie version of Abby giving birth to Alfie in the woods. <laughs> I wonder, that's just made me why I really desperately want a Lego Coronation Street video game. That'd be perfect for it, wouldn't it? Because one of the things yeah, about the Lego do, games yeah. is that you can unlock like hundreds of characters all in the Lego style. Oh, I'd love that. I, I don't think, think the audience is incredibly limited I and I can't right. imagine kids... Lego Coronation Street. I can't Street. imagine kids in the schoolyard going, oh God, I can't believe I'm g- I've got to keep going to learn not Kelsey Tanner. <laughs> oh, I've got Ina Sharples already. How do you get that? Oh, there's a special cheat you can do. I buy it, and that's the most important. When thing. Jack Walker passes Start out. Start a Kickstarter, please. When Jack Walker passes out from eating all the potatoes, you've missed AAB. Right. Um, great, great stuff. Um, I'm, I'm again like last week. I said that this is this feels like the first big, big story of 2022, and um, I'm still very much loving it. And every time an episode starts, I think, oh, I hope that this story's still going to be in it today. And then when it scene comes on, it's like, great, they haven't given up with it yet. At some point, you know, maybe next week, maybe the week after, this storyline will go on its inevitable hiatus. I assume because all stories do. But um, while it's still going, I'm very much appreciating it. Gemma, I'm going to pass back over to you to do the Grace story. Right. The Baileys. You shafted me with the Baileys storyline. You, 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 like, you like Grace. You enjoyed this. I did like this. Grace is so evil. I kind of... Uh, I was on her side for so long. I defended her. And I said, you know, maybe Aggie is just being unreasonable. But it turns out Aggie was right. Aggie was the Cassandra of Coronation Street. Yeah. Warning everybody of the danger about to come. And nobody believed her until... She's trying to steal money and abandoning babies. Yeah. Just like And there wasn't even any subtlety to it, well, at least at the beginning of this week, anyway. It was there. Grace was full on, bitchy, evil, blackmailing. Proper, proper, like, 2D villain, wasn't she? Yeah. Um... Did you, have you made anything, any comments in the notes about all the parenting stuff that was going on? I have this, not. This episode, this this week was just parent central on Coronation Street. You got Abby abandoning the kid. You got Elsie being fostered by Imran and Toya, and the, her kind of precarious position in that family, knowing what we know about the truth. When the truth comes out, what will happen? You've got um, this Grace saying that she, you know, she she doesn't want to be a mum. Absolutely no question about it not interested at all you've got abby desperately trying to cling on to being a mum you've got um you've got um steven uh steven um tracy trying to parent their child who's transitioning from being a child to being a teen to being an adult and how to cope with her making her own decisions knowing that they don't approve of them at all you've got laura who has been a terrible mum but her the bond between parent and child is so strong that kelly because she's a saint is still wanting to look after her and um there's just so many parent and child things and like Mm. the bonds between them and i just thought it was interesting theme yeah theme so on Monday, um, we've got... It's going to be Glory's first Glory's going to be one. It? Yeah, it's been a year ago since Grace was holed up in the Freshgo's uh, security guard's room. Remember it well. Yep. Bailey's are unpacking the party stuff and Grace turns up completely out of the Hello, you thought I'd gone. Um, she comes in, makes herself comfortable and Aggie says, what do you want? And Grace is just completely brazen. Michael doesn't hear it, obviously, at this point and says, I want more money. I'm starting a new business. I need cash. Um, you guys are just as grubby as I am and if you don't want everybody to know about the fact that you sold your baby or I bought a baby or whatever um, you give me the no, money she, 
they bought her baby off of her, yeah, basically. exactly. So, um, Ed goes off to the pub to think about it, I guess. And Grace puts her cards on the table. She says, I want £10,000. And he's like, well, what, what will, you know, I haven't got £10,000. And then she does this great act of like how she's going to tell Michael that she was manipulated. <laughs> and she starts crying going, Michael, oh, they manipulated me into selling my baby oh, no, to them. No, 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 she was great. great. And then she says, she says to Jenny, I think it was, oh yeah, I'll have a wine. It's on his tab. And oh, she's just so evil it's delicious um she leaves doesn't she ed chases after her and he stops her and he says right okay i'll talk about i'll talk with it i'll talk about it with aggie just please do not tell michael about anything and grace says yeah fine but don't take too long because i'm an evil bitch so in the bistro you know obviously if i was if i was worried about where i'm gonna cough up 10k from I would go straight to a pub and spend a load of money. Then I'd go to the bistro and spend a load of money there. And then I'd probably go to a shop and buy a load of party stuff for a kid that is barely even conscious. So um, the kid doesn't know it's his first birthday. Doesn't realise it's alive. Children don't know they're alive. Not until they're at least 10. Well, I'm sure that they're they're a bit more... Trust me, Joe, I'm an expert. (laughs) It's my job. Um, it's a joke. Right, in the bistro later, Ed tells Aggie they've got no choice, but where will they find this money? Certainly not buying things in the bistro. On Wednesday, they're talking again, where are we going to get this money from? They decide to ask Ronnie. Aggie's not happy about it, but there's no choice. So Ed and is, Ronnie... Is, is, is Aggie still, like, you know, a bit cool on Ronnie after the whole... Well, she doesn't want to be beholden to him, especially not for another horrible family member have they, but have they kind of made up after the thing remember when we had a bit of a thing before you and ed got together i think they grudge you know i think they get on okay mm. but i don't think she would be yeah yeah she, he's not the first person in line that she wants to owe 10k to no so ed meets ronnie in the cafe and he says i need to borrow ten thousand pound ronnie's like ah you're gambling again um, but Ed just admits it's for Grace and says he tells him everything, which I thought was weird. Nice, but anyway, nice, nice well, the more people you tell, the less the secret is, mm. Ed, you idiot. And it's not even worth ten k then, is it? <laughs> Every person you tell, knock a grand off. <laughs> Ronnie apologises and says, "Look, I really can't help you. <laughs> it's just a stupid idea. I've got the money and everything, but I'm not giving it to you." Well, yeah, he because, says that because Grace is she won't stop. Well, it's obvious to anybody with a brain. But she she's not even been gone for six months and she's asking for more money again. You're just going to be a tap that she keeps turning on and off. So um, he says, no, I'm not going to. If you give in to her, you're going to regret it. And Ed's like, oh, thanks for nothing. So at work later, he's looking at the, he's looking at the racing pages, isn't he? Mm. Like he's going to magic money. Um, yeah, he's going to magic a stake of it out of nowhere and win when yeah ronnie comes and says all right look i'll give you the money if you want and ed says actually no i've taken some money out of the business and i've got a bank loan i've scratched it all up i've got no choice i'll give her what what she wants then aggie comes and sees that he's looking at these racing pages and she and she's nags at him and says you're never going to win ten thousand pound you lunatic (laughs) and he says no i didn't do it but um even if i was tempted so if anyone thought that that was going to be a storyline it's not have we ever actually seen ed do any gambling because or is it just I thought something he just they stared at a laptop yeah maybe 
You do it all he's, online, don't you now? He's got a gambling problem, but he's never actually gambled on the programme. Healthy. Hmm. Peter so, should try that with his addictions. Yeah, just virt- go to a virtual pub. <laughs> um, Aggie says, we've got no choice, we've got to tell Michael. So they go back to number three, and Michael's like, oh, I've got to do a party for my daughter. His mum's there. He was so happy when Grace came back. He's like a big puppy. It's so sad to watch mm. how lovely and... Innocent. He's very, very trusting, isn't he? He is. Very he is naive. like a dog. And she's like an evil cat. <laughs> <laughs> so he's putting up the party stuff and they're like, stop, stop, we've got to tell you something. And they reveal everything. And I was kind of like, okay, they are just going to... Well, you'd been saying before, like, what's the worst that could happen if the Baileys did tell Michael? I just think that Grace is stupid because this story... Like, they're all dumb, honestly, the whole lot of them. Because the worst thing that could happen is that Grace looks like a massive cow. But I don't know whether... Because it, what they did was, I mean, it's stupid. It, it, it's it not going to make out that like they bought a baby. I think you can maybe get no. in trouble for that. No, because they bought it for Michael. And he's the dad. <laughs> as long as you don't buy it for yourself, then it's absolutely fine, the, 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 the sale yeah. and, and buying a baby. Yeah. They, didn't, they didn't buy a baby, though, did they? They've been loads of buying baby storylines on the show. They basically gave Grace money to go away, which is a bit different. That's what they would say in court anyway. Yeah. Any, well, I, this is what I've been saying all along. It, this story does not make Grace look good and I don't think it makes the Baileys look particularly bad. So I don't understand how Grace really thinks that this was going to work or why the Baileys were so desperate and considering giving her £10,000 to go away it just was a bit silly. So obviously they listened to me as I was shouting through the television. They could hear me and they're like, you know what? She's right. Let's tell Michael everything. Um, and he's like, he can't believe it. He's really sad. He tries to make excuses for her. He he's convinced that she was she's suffering and she needs help and she actually really does want to be a mum. Mm. We all know more about mental health now than probably ever before. I would hope. And Michael's probably quite conscious of the fact that she could have um, postpartum yeah. depression. You know, there are lots of things. He's trying that can to talk happen. himself into it because he just, he still can't quite believe, despite everything that's happened, despite every way that she's manipulated him and pulled the wool over his eyes in the past. He just can't completely see the bad in her, can he? No, and it. Well, the thing is, yeah, she, he can't see the bad in her, but also like this was kind of what Grace wanted all along. Um, she wanted a baby with Michael to make him stay with her. And then when she got it, she realised it's not at all the solution to her problem. Mm. And if you're Michael, I don't suppose you really can conceive that that is true. Because mm. it probably didn't occur to Grace until she realised that she really had no bond with her baby. And who's to say, you know, whether she is suffering from from that and maybe she would bond with her child in time. But... I've definitely heard just easy to say that she's evil. I've definitely heard horrible stories about mums who just can't really bond with their kids, Mm. and it's sad because what do you do? Well, she she speaks. I can't remember whether it was later on in the episode when she's talking to Michael about it, and she says, "I just look at this baby and I I can't love it or can't love her the way that I should." And it is really, really sad. It's horrible because what the hell do you do? And Mm. in a way, Grace is incredibly lucky because if I could, if I could pick anybody on the street, honestly. 
to be the pet be the dad of my kid that I didn't want to be around it would be Michael because he's bloody lovely I know I think he'd be he's a fantastic dad and I think the probably the worst thing he'd ever do is love it too much <laughs> so anyway um, Michael summons Grace to the cafe and he says that is it true is all this stuff true and she doesn't try to hide it she comes clean and he says you should have asked for help if you needed it and she says alright let's talk yeah maybe I wasn't happy about the fact that you didn't love me um, and it really is the case that I just don't love I don't love Glory the way a mother should. She deserves she deserves to be loved. You you've, you've got the love that she needs and your family. I just needed this money to make a life for myself. Sorry that I'm not the person you wanted me to be. And then she says, "Just look after our little girl." And she leaves. Yeah. Again. <laughs> yeah. And as soon as she arrived back on the street, she's swanned off again. I don't know why they decided that this story needed this little Sometimes Conclusion. they put little coders on the end of yeah. things, don't they? Just, I think nobody would have minded if they didn't. I, well, was... I, I think it's neat. I like, I like the idea that that Michael, because Michael's been going on about Grace coming back and stuff, yeah. and I know it was just to prepare for this story. And, but... and the fact that the Baileys did semi buy the baby, that was, that could have come come back at any moment. That was, I guess, a bit of hanging over them. It would have been a secret that they were keeping forever, it and now it's not. So it's no, just kind of put a neat bow on it and said, "There you go, it's it's done now." But just to defend, put them... the Baileys back in their cupboard, put Michael back in his pit, put Glory back in her glory hole, and then they don't have to come onto the program again for another glory six months. Glory is the child. Yes. Um, I was going to say something. Just to point out that it wasn't Aggie and Ed's idea that they paid Grace off. No. You keep saying they bought a baby. So. I don't think it was. So I don't think it that they can be blamed. It sounds like the sort of thing that uh, Grace would have come up with, to be honest. Can you see the difference, though? Yeah, 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 I can. But I just don't There's know a big what difference. a judge would say. There's a big difference. I don't, I don't know that they're that bothered because the baby... What are you taking them to court for, Michael? What are you taking them to court for? Maybe the mum is there going, I don't want this baby. The dad is there going, oh, it's my baby, I'll have it then. And the judge is like, sorry, what... <laughs> What, you, so what's the problem? You gave her money and she what? She spent it on shoes or something. What's the problem? All right, I get. I guess they're not. We're not it's not illegal to give here. people money to go away. Mm. If I could give people money to leave me alone, I'd bloody do it. Well, get me my checkbook. They're what, all going to bounce, what, but what I'll get rid of you for a few days. How much would you give? How much would you take person? to leave me alone? <laughs> Anyway, so she leaves. That's the end of that. So Michael goes back home, tells mum and dad what has happened, and he's completely gutted. It's it's partly because I don't think that Michael... Michael's such a nice person that he can't understand this concept of, like, not being able to love your child. Yeah. Yeah. Because when it when it's... It comes naturally to him, and he can't understand why it doesn't to... To Grace. To Grace. But mm. this, this, honestly is like the nightmare situation for any woman who's who's had a baby. Mm. You know, it's not an easy thing to carry a child and then you birth it and then you look into its eyes and you're like, huh? Yeah, I, I, I definitely did feel sorry for, for, for Grace. It's difficult because at the beginning of the week she was definitely being portrayed. <laughs> so she was just completely 100% evil. And with this scene in, with Michael in the cafe, I was watching thinking, so... Is she being genuine here? Is or is she is she just pretending? Are we going to turn around and see her do a little evil yeah. smile? But it, it seemed like what she was saying about wanting to love Glory but not being able to, and then like you said, the last thing she says was "Look after my kid." I, like I completely believed that, and it's like, yeah. oh, okay, so she she's doesn't been mean her any slightly then any ill will or anything. Yeah, no, she's not a horrible person. She just genuinely has no feeling for this 
this baby and it's horrible. She can, she can be quite manipulative and a bit blackmailing. Well, everybody, I'm but... sure everybody else hates her, but I, I still have a, and all that. I still have a, what do you mean? What's well, the last house? We've all, we've all, we've all done things. We've that... all bought babies and yeah. then returned them. Um, <laughs> On Friday, Michael is struggling with Glory's breakfast and he's so sad that his Grace is gone and he's like... She's a mucky eater, that Glory, isn't she? She had it all over her face, that little, that brown muck. I don't understand what he was saying, like, here you go, eat this slop. I'm sorry it's not delicious, but everything in your life will be sad now your mum's gone. <laughs> and then Aggie says, you want me to put some anchovies in or something for her? <laughs> Aggie says Glory's going to be loved whatever happens and it's so true Glory's lucky to have so much family around her and yeah. I was thinking this today when I was watching them all get ready and have the barbecue and everything thinking how lucky how lucky is is Glory yeah she doesn't have a mum with her but look at poor Alfie he doesn't eat he can't even get out of a tank mm. and also the Baileys are one of the only properly pro- nice tr- and, and kind of they've, they've got the mum the dad yeah. the children they're, the nuclear they're family exactly one of the only ones in the street and yeah. that, that have got the the blood relations going all the way through <laughs> yeah. it so if anyone's gonna stay together and they're look a after solid, this good kid family. then they are I do, yeah I, put, I feel sorry for Michael he's an idealist isn't he That's and the there trouble. is Dee Dee isn't there because she got a shout out in this scene like, oh Dee Dee's gonna Dee love Dee her Dee Dee can't wait to see her it's like, we've, not, we've not got around to sending her a photo yet in the last 12 months we haven't FaceTimed her though because she's in Chicago <laughs> So uh, it's a different country. You can't FaceTime with people in a different country. Those curry writers are just teasing us with the need DD name every time drops they say, once every two yeah. years or something. Every time they put DD in, I, I just imagine them going, there you go. <laughs> How about it's that? Like, oh, it could Mysterious be like... Mysterious you know, you know, Daisy got a mention in the like two or three weeks run up to her first appearance, didn't she? Maybe yeah, that's true, yeah. is incoming. Maybe that <sighs> flight from Chicago is England bound. I'm so excited if she comes to be in the show. She's, She's going to be elected. Yeah, I don't think. I think that they realise that Dee Dee Bailey just can't live up to our lofty no, expectations. They've left anymore. it too long. I bet Ian McLeod's just kicking himself for ever saying that there's another Bailey child. Well, just do what they did with all the other like kids that d- dissolved into nothingness because they, I call the Ogden's kids. Oh yeah, I just it just. Um, it doesn't feel right that she hasn't come to visit in the past three years. And I know we've had COVID and everything, but you'd have thought that she might show up to see her, um, what would she be, her uh, niece? I'm just well, really... both nieces, really, because well, she thought that Tiana was a niece. I'm also starting to lose track of reality and getting confused about what is actual fact and what I have made up in my mind about what who she is. Because in my mind, she's a Chicago power lesbian who's like a lawyer and like brunches and like she's in her own version of Sex in the City I but I don't know how true. much of that is canon I, think <laughs> I don't think she's a lesbian I can't remember if she's a lawyer though and I, I don't know does she live in Chicago so. possibly I, I don't know I don't know it would be very unlikely if she was a lesbian because they were quite surprised when James came out and you would have thought that Aggie would have said um James you know that your sister's gay too right and so Michael have you got anything that you want to <laughs> admit to us I don't know if it works like that but um, please bring Dee Dee into the show (laughs) she would make a lovely girlfriend for Sophie if she wants to come back just saying (laughs) then we could have the first lesbian wedding you know the thing I reckon Coronation Street is scared of doing that because they know that if they do have a lesbian wedding on the show it will be Coronation Street's 
Canon first lesbian wedding and it's going to look so bad because it's 2022 and they still haven't had one. Well, they've not had a gay or lesbian wedding, have they? Well, you just added to my point. Mm. They'll, they'll just they say, oh, to... no, 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 Kate and Rana, remember, under the rubble, that counted. That definitely counted. 2019, actually. Right, so poor old Gloria, I've left her smearing breakfast on herself. I'll pick up here to say that later on we have James and Aggie scene where he is reassuring her that everything's going to be all right and they they decide to redo the party, don't they? They decide to throw it again as a surprise for Michael. And I just thought this was so lovely. It's really nice just to see happy family scenes. Yeah, yeah I enjoyed it. It was in, it very. Oh. It really was not high stakes in the slightest compared to some of the other stories going on. But I, I and they're so lucky too that they live in a big family unit and they all love each other. Yeah, it was nice. It was lovely. I think Michael needs to count his blessings. Um, so they put all the party stuff up. Michael comes home. He's chuffed. They have, they're having a barbecue in March, in in the north of England. <laughs> so they're brave. Dodging the rain. Um, and it's, it's all, all gone well. Yeah. And, 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 um, and that feels like the end, really. I don't think they need any more of this little storyline for a while. Um, maybe important for yeah, getting rid of that, um, you know, the, the whole baby set, not the, not the baby buying thing, you know, the blackmail thing, tying a bow in it. I was very happy to see Grace again. I hadn't realised that she was coming back. Unfortunately, no, on Monday morning, I saw a spoiler on Twitter, which was a picture of her, and I was like, oh, no, I wish I hadn't known that, because if... I'd have turned up if she'd have just turned up on the street on Monday. Did did you go into Monday? You didn't realise that she was back, did you? No, I don't look it. No, Spoilers. and I spoke to Kate Spencer. When was it? A month, two Not months that long ago? ago. Not that long ago at all. I was like, are you going to come she's back? So cheeky at that minx. time, she must have. She probably already filmed these yeah. scenes. To be honest, she's like, I'm not coming back again. Cheeky, sneaky. But um, I love this. Maybe this is this the thing, is the right? End of, of Grace, I don't think we're going to see her again now. I do. I do love how they're so tight lipped and they will never tell us anything. I That's know. how you know that we don't get fed information yeah nobody yeah, tells us anything know this, no. <laughs> um, because I was wondering whether like Michael was being so trusting and honest and then she was going to take advantage of that but uh, it seemed that she was redeemed just about so what Grace well just in that she she wasn't a completely evil cow at the end she wasn't like I don't care what happens to glory I want my cash and I'm going because I mean Michael would have done anything for that kid and so th- she could have tried to tap him for yeah. money yeah from his from his website or whatever, but she didn't, so she's not all bad. She only wanted Michael. She didn't really want that baby. Mm. She thought she could trap him. Yeah. But then she realised that it was too much bloody hard work. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, oh, poor Glory. Yeah. I think I don't think many people particularly enjoy this storyline too much, but we appreciated it. I like a, I like a campy villain, and tell you what, Kate Spence is great <laughs> at being a proper campy, evil, n- nasty reveling in her nastiness villain exactly right halo storyline Gemma. jacob and amy back on again this week um and this was all about amy cutting those apron strings at last because there's only so many times that you know an 18 year old adult woman now can sit around the, the dinner table playing uno or whatever it was with steve so um good on her for this week um decided to get up and move on so um, what kind of led her to this was um, 
Tracy at the beginning of the week is talking to Amy and saying, oh, I'm, I'm going out tonight. You can invite your little friends round. So Amy immediately phones up Jacob and says, right, come over. We've got the house to ourselves. It's going to be brilliant. But then Tracy comes back and is like, oh, I've changed my mind. I'm not going to go out an hour anymore. So Tracy um, ends up taking her to the bistro for some mid-afternoon flaming sambucas, which basically just dissolves into Tracy getting sozzled and um, hit upon by some... Some pervy old man, doesn't she? Basically, and just kind of, kind of fun to watch, but um, very annoying and embarrassing for Amy. Obviously, um, Steve finds Amy outside the bistro later. She's utterly peeved off by what's happening and uh, sends him in to extract Tracy from the clutches of this guy. Amy calls Jacob and apologizes, but um, she has to hang up quite quickly when Tracy bursts out, very sloshed. Steve follows, saying, right, we are going to have some daddy-daughter time now, Amy, which is what goes on on Wednesday. Um, but first, Amy has to... Um, a- Amy's arranged this meeting with Jacob. He says, right, come round come round my house later. It's... it's he, he, yeah, he says, come round my house later. Um, it's fine. But then Steve says, we can have our father-daughter time today. So, uh, unfortunately for Amy, she has to end up playing cards with Steve. She's getting text messages from Jacob saying, please meet up with me, what's going on? Steve inadvertently guilt trips the hell out of Amy by saying, oh, Amy, you've grown up so fast. Soon you're not going to be around here anymore. I'm going to play my cards with you while I still can. And um, when he goes off to the loo, Amy sneaks out to tell Jacob what's going on. And, um, uh, sorry, you're just going to have to, we're going to have to cancel our date or whatever it is again because I'm playing cards with my dad and he's like well I, I can't win this I'll see you when I see you then um, and then it all kind of culminates on Friday when the big reveal happens Amy decides that it's about time that she um, fessed up to her mum and dad that she's been going out with Jacob all this time to arrange dinner together with them at the bistro <laughs> Um, she says to Amy, uh, she says to Jacob, come along, I want you to introduce you to my, my family, you're going to be my boyfriend. And he's like, I don't think they're going to give me the warmest of welcomes, actually. And Amy's like, no, 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 it'll be fine. So they go to the bistro. Tracy has a little go at Debbie, just for comedy comedy sake. She has a go at her about the pate and the melon and parma ham. Yes, exactly. And I really wanted this scene to have a bit where... After all of this fallout from their reaction to Jacob turning up, Debbie comes over and says, what can I get you? And Jacob goes, oh, do you know what? I really fancy some ham and melon. That sounds fancy. (laughs) And then Tracy is just going, you absolute (laughs) donkey. Well, Amy and Jacob turn up and um, he does that silly Bruce Forsyth, doesn't he? He's like, nice to see you, to see you. Would he even know what that is? I don't know. I'm not sure. The kids these days... Maybe, culture. maybe he was a bit of a, a Strictly fan when Brucey oh, was still one true, of the yeah. presenters there. He's yeah, not that he was... long gone, is he? No, no. Anyway, I'm thinking much further work. back. Doesn't work. Um, <laughs> no, so then doesn't. they get set to on this awkward meal where they're sitting around the table and Jacob's there looking a little bit um, like he wishes the ground would open up and swallow him. I just want to give some life advice here. If you want to drop a bombshell on people, don't do it when they're hungry. 
because they're just going to get grumpy. (laughs) Wait, if she had waited until they'd had their main course and gone, someone's going to join us for dessert, I bet you the reaction would have been different. I'm furious the whole time I'm sitting in a restaurant waiting for my food to turn up. Yeah, that's a good point. That's before I've had my daughter turn (laughs) out with a drug dealer as her boyfriend. Well, maybe Steve had had something before they came out because it turns out that he was fairly reasonable, wasn't he? No, it was all a ruse. It was just a ruse. It's a bit of the old reverse psychology. Tracy's like... Tracy isn't having any of it, but Steve says, oh, no, you know, maybe we should give him a chance. But, yeah, when he's there left alone with Tracy, he says, look, if we just go along with it and say that we're happy with Amy and Jacob, well, surely she'll just get bored of him because half the fun is defying us as her parents. So um, she's... So um, Jacob and Amy come back because they've gone off to the little thing at this point. Um, And uh, when Amy tells them that they're in love, Steve starts choking on his bread... Then Leanne clops in for a moan about Jacob, just for good measure. Um, Tracy and Steve then wrong. just say, well, we're just going to admit, yeah, we're, we're just pretending to... We, we don't like the idea of you going out with Jacob at all. And um, so then after an excruciatingly long snog, Jacob bids farewell and uh, heads off to uh, uh, back out onto the street. This where, was quite a funny what? comedy scene, but who does this in front of their parents? I think they were just doing it to stick it to them. Like, they didn't care. Yeah, they were just saying, well, we, we'll keep on doing it. You're saying that we don't love each other or we can't love each other. What are you going to do about this mum and dad? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm surprised that Jacob acted that way because I think that he would have probably shown a little bit more respect and he was very nervous. Yeah, I know, yeah. I don't know it whether he would silly. have done it. Maybe Amy just had him in a in a headlock. She's va- vacuum... Vacuum sucked onto her, yep. Jacob, maybe. Can't extract yeah. himself. <laughs> so, um... Well, so he bumps into Simon outside the flower shop, who seems to be spoiling for a rumble at this point. He said, I can't remember whether we... We, didn't, said we, no, didn't, we, we didn't. didn't hear Simon we see, calling Amy no. a slag in front of Jacob. We see um, it from the perspective of Amy and, and uh, Steve. Steve, who are watching them from afar, and all of a sudden Jacob just punches him in the face. Well, and... Simon pushes Jacob first, doesn't yeah. he? And then Jacob responds with a sock in the mouth. Um, and it, yeah, and then the the, the rest of the storyline from today's episode is what did Simon say to provoke this? <laughs> I I didn't like. It. I thought this was dumb. They're right. all as stupid as each other. Yeah, this is like reminds you can't get me mad of... at someone if you're in Coronation Street for seeing somebody punch someone because they've all oh, had a go. They've all had a go at it. You were gonna say you can't get mad at somebody on Coronation Street for calling somebody else a slag because they kind of all are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I know. It's true. Um, well, Jacob kind of st- doesn't really stick around too long to try and defend himself. He realises that nobody's going to believe him because nobody's ever believed him in his life. He kind of, yeah, he storms off down the street. It kind of reminds me of um, the way that some men who think they're really hard, like you you can say anything you like and they don't care, but if you insult them, I don't care, I'm Danny Dyer. But if you say, Danny Dyer, your mum's fat or something, he'll be like, right, I'm a puncher in the face, can't say nothing about my mum. You know what I mean? It's like, it's all just words, you're stupid, it's meaningless nonsense. You're only giving power to somebody by saying, like, if somebody went up to you and go, oh, Gemma's a slag, you go, no, I wish. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I wouldn't expect you to get mad, I'd be disappointed. So you don't expect me to punch somebody in the face if they, um, if they... I'll, pu- I'll be the one. Honor. I'll be the one to punch people. I think this is anti-feminist. I think that. Um, I think that. Amy, um, Amy should have punched Simon mm. in the face. 
And I think that if Jacob was a true gentleman, he would have invited her to do it on his behalf. Well, I'm glad that Amy made the very good point that only a few weeks ago, Steve was punching Jacob in the face. It's all just nonsense. There's nobody in this show that has the moral high ground over anybody no. for A, calling somebody a name, or B, punching them in the face. Exactly. It's just par for the course around those parts. If you're going to be mad at anything, if, if I was if I was um, Steve or Tracy, the thing I'd be mad at Jacob about is that he's got all the stigma of being a drug dealer with none of the income. <laughs> he's just got the earring to make him look hard. He's well hard, isn't he? <laughs> um, anyway, so Amy goes chasing after Jacob and is like, what, what's going on? What, what, what happened? And he says, oh yeah, nobody's going to believe me. Simon called you a slag. Um, no, he says he something. He said something uh, terrible. Yes. Oh, yeah. And Amy then goes back to Stephen Tracy back at number one, doesn't she? And and says he called me a slag. And they were like, it's "What? Your so cousin? Pathetic. Your perfect cousin Simon? He would never do that. He would never say anything like this." At but least it's clear he, that he obviously had. At least he said something hurtful, or like or like a bit more interesting. Like she doesn't understand the theory of relativity, or <laughs> she's poor at maths. So um, they yeah they don't they don't believe Amy. Um, Simon, meanwhile, is recovering in the bistro. He had a a, a very nice bloodied lip, didn't he? And, um, it was a nose. I, oh, yeah, it was. It was, it was, it was a bop in the nose, wasn't it? Yep. And I think that, you know, probably a fairly decent proportion of the Coronation Street viewers here were thinking, oh, it's only Simon. He probably he, he had it coming to him. Yeah, we probably good. Probably quite enjoyed it and were applauding Jacob Go for on, this. Go on, punch him again. Yeah, so he's there looking a bit worse for wear. Amy strides in and has a go at him, saying, how dare you call me this? Oh, no, she didn't. Sorry, no, she didn't say that, did she? It's the way that everybody No, she acts. says... It's just the whole way through. Everybody's just acting like it's the worst thing that you can call anybody. And it's absolutely sad. awful. And really, they should have been mad at the fact that, that he was trying to instigate violence. Not the fact that he called her a name, which is so utterly stupid. It's probably like a term of endearment in Walford, isn't it? Walford? Yeah, in EastEnders land. How are you doing, me old slag? <laughs> I'm all right, slag. Give me a pint, slag. <laughs> Stop saying that. We're going to get explicit on the... Oh, yeah, sorry, we don't want that, we don't want that. No, um, Simon drops himself in it in a fairly... I would say not well written. Clumsy. It was clumsy, clumsy, wasn't it? He's like, I didn't call her that. And Leanne's like, but Simon, nobody said you called her anything. Oh, oh caught out, Simon. Ooh. It was, it was a little bit. It was, it could have been done a really little with silly. a bit more subtlety there. But anyway, after my eyes had rolled back into their skull there, I put them back on the TV to find out what happens next, which is like Simon saying, so also what if Jacob said that? Um, what? And no, Simon says. So what if I called her? Sorry, yeah. So what if I called her a slag? He basically is saying I did it to prove he's violent, and he yes. proved me right. And do you know what? I'm kind of on Simon's side here a little bit because what? if that's all it takes for him to punch somebody in the face, he's a bit unstable, isn't he? They were talking think... to each other for like five seconds, right? A man who's so on the edge that if somebody comes up and goes, "Your girlfriend's a slag," and their immediate reaction is just punch you blindly in the face. He's not put together right, is he? I just think it's fairly standard for Coronation Street, but I'm just really, really glad that you're not expecting me to do this if anybody ever... I don't ever... expect you to do anything. I, I don't expect, like, if there's a serial killer, you you're no going to run away. You have no expectations of me. Yeah, I am quite How many times have speedy. I said to you, there's a noise in the house, and you've gone, let me know what it is? <laughs> no, that's not true. That is true. <laughs> Probably just a cat. Anyway, um, <laughs> where am I? So Simon says, yeah, I just wanted to prove that he's a wrong owner. He's, he's punched first, asked questions later. Um, then Steve comes in and doesn't back up his daughter. 
um, Steve well, says, look, we, we need to go to, oh, what was it, a university day or a residence day? I can't remember. They, they had some uni appointment to go to. And Amy's like, nope. So Steve immediately wades in by saying, well, you need to choose between me, uh, sorry, our family and Jacob. Um, and so tra- Amy chooses the Jacob. Tracy gets back home later. And Amy's left a message on the table that Steve somehow managed to not see. He's obviously so he's doing a chin. He obviously can't read. And yeah. This whole time we haven't noticed. And uh, yeah, Amy has moved in with Mr. Hay. Tracy phones her up at the end of the episode and she's like, well, my mind's made up. Jacob today was the only person that defended me. You didn't. My dad didn't. Nobody believed me that he I'm, said I'm, anything. I'm living with the person who um, clearly loves me the most at the moment. So then at the end of the episode, um, Steve says to... Uh, Steve gets cold by Tracy. Sorry, um, this is all your fault. And, I, I like and the it fact kind that of is. Tracy just kind of comforts herself with saying, look, Steve, it's your fault. Like, that's good enough for her, even though she's lost her daughter mm. to a drug dealer. At the end of the day, as long as it's Steve's fault, she can live with it. Yeah, and it was. In- I thought this was interesting how um, she brings up uh, Robert, who she went out off to live with in a in a squalid flat for six years or something. But actually, there was a much more obvious comparison to make because when Tracy was m- maybe a few years younger than Amy, she went and lived with um, yeah, it was Craig, wasn't it? Who uh, was somebody that was very unsavoury. I don't think that Robert particularly was. We've seen young Robert, haven't we? And he seemed like not too bad. He seemed like a fairly decent carpet fitter. But yeah, Tracy back in the day lived... She did go off to a CD bed set. She did. She moved away to a CD bed (laughs) set. Excuse me. I think you've got to take that out. I'll bleep that one. How rude of me. (laughs) That's what you call them when they're really, really bad. (laughs) Um... Oh my gosh. Um, and then... <laughs> I haven't got a pen. Um, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll remember. Um, yeah, and, and and Deirdre basically has to come round there and sit sit about, well, well, Tracy's living her own life with this dodgy bloke. But anyway, they didn't mention that. Um, and I, yeah, I think fair play to Amy. It is time that the apron strings were cut. She's going to be going off to university soon anyway. And Steve is a massive child and a bit of a useless father in many respects he's just proven it today I think yeah they were very childish when um, Jacob was trying to it's difficult isn't it because I kind of forgot what Jacob did yeah so have I but he wasn't he kind very of made he fun was of, naughty made fun of Leanne where after Ollie died yeah. so I don't blame Leanne for having a go at him but yeah. um, I think just because Simon is so innately unlikable that anybody that gets into a fight is only going to go up in our estimation. Yeah, they get a medal from me. Jacob's a great character. Jack James Ryan is is a fab actor, very sympathetic. And um, yes, maybe it's a little unbelievable that this hardened drug dealer, although he was just, you know, groomed by by evil Harvey. He was. And the fact that he's really said, I'm just a sweet, innocent I've got feelings too, you know, sort of guy. Yeah. I don't know whether I necessarily believe that, but I don't mind because I enjoy him. And I think that he and Amy are a really, really great couple. I'm loving them. And this this movie they were talking about, um, The Welcome or Welcome or something, is that a real film? I don't know, but i tell you what is a real film. Midsummer, which is the okay. last film that Jacob enjoyed watching, the last horror no. film. Or did no. he say? Well, they both enjoyed it, but Steve said he loves it so much he watched it eight times. Did he? Yes. I love it, Midsummer. We've seen it like three times, have we? It's it. <laughs> have we told? We must have told the story of going to see Midsummer at the cinema. 
where we thought we were going to see Toy Story 3. <laughs> no, we wanted to go see Toy Story 3. Yeah. But I actually didn't want to see Toy Story 3. And when we got there, it was sold out or something. No, it wasn't actually showing. Oh. We went to the cinema and said, can we have tickets for Toy Story 3? And I'm like, no, we don't do that. But you can go and see Midsummer. No, 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 no. No? They went, we don't have tickets. We're not showing that now. And I said, okay. And then I said, should we go and see Midsummer instead? And then you guys just agreed because you didn't know what what the film was. And the person selling the tickets must have been like, this is the weirdest <laughs> turnaround I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't know if it's for you if you wanted to see Toy Story. Are you prepared for this? Yeah. and um... Sarah, certainly. We went to go see it with my friend Sarah and she was not, she did not know what was coming. But we'd already seen Hereditary, so. Yeah. We, yeah. I was prepared for some incredibly um, screwed up. That was like it honestly I it. seeing Midsummer, I love that film, but that is the weirdest, most freaky cinema experience I've ever seen. And like we were sitting there watching going, What the hell is this film? I am a bit of a Philistine when it comes to films. I can't say that I've seen very many highbrow artsy films that make you think. And and this and I'm not saying that okay. Midsummer is no, that isn't. either, but it it wasn't, you know, a, a traditional you Hollywood what? You haven't seen Mother, have you? No, I haven't seen okay, Mother. Okay, right. If you think you your mind was blown in a cinema by watching the trippy experience of Midsummer, because it was trippy, I'm going to challenge you and I want to watch it with you and Charlie, because I don't think... Oh, did Charlie see that? Charlie? Charlie hasn't seen Midsummer. Our friend Charlie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not Dr. Coronation Street, Charlie. Charlie. Um, I want to watch you watch Mother, because it that is worse. Okay. This this Midsummer, it... It's one of those films that gives you nightmares a little bit. Well, the joke I think Don't is blame that us. what the joke I think is that Steve doesn't know what Midsummer is no. and he hasn't seen it. Oh, okay, I missed that. I was just thinking, oh, it's a reference to the film that I really like recently. And you just started thinking about watching that film again. I did, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, good film. Um, that's about it for that, really. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot, was it? Basically, the gist of this was. Um, it's all come out that Jacob and Amy are seeing each other. The secret hasn't been kept for long, and now Amy's moved out. Uh, do you, do you think that um, do you think that she's gonna is is he gonna be getting up into to, to, to dodgy dealings, and she's gonna get herself caught up in it? Is she gonna I don't have think, home I think sickness? this is just a story about teenage rebellion and mirroring mm. um, what you know Tracy did. Yeah. Anyway, it is, it's a it's a case of a touch of her own medicine for Tracy, yeah. isn't it? In the same way that David is kind of yeah. seeing Max become everything that he was and, yeah. and he's realising how difficult it must have been for Gail Tracy's also finding that out from Amy except Amy's got her head screwed on properly and I think that she absolutely she'd probably do better living away from home than uh, you know than, than she would be being at number one yes independent young lady Good stuff, good and stuff. That's I'm another, those you know, that's another parent story, isn't but it? What I also enjoy, I, I also liked Amy's green outfit that she was wearing today. I thought it was very striking and, good. and suitable for St. Patrick's week. Yeah, St. Patrick's week. Yeah. It took a long time Just to like get Valentine's rid of them snakes. Week. <laughs> right, go on, what else you got? I no want, tar, no, oh no, what? I want people to tell me, what was the film that Jacob said before they started talking about Midsummer, and is it a real film? Because yeah. I thought it was well called The Welcome or something and I couldn't work out whether it was a joke because he was saying like I saw a horror movie and it's called The Welcome and it was like about a bloke meeting his girlfriend's parents <laughs> or if it really is a horror movie. Maybe they're not allowed to drop, name drop actual films that are coming out in the cinema. Just have to go and see Sonic 2 everybody. I can't wait to see The Batman. Oh god The Batman. Well it was good. Oh you didn't like it did you? It was you? okay. It was alright. I hate I hate criminals. You're just too bloody long. I have to become a criminal. I want to go and see Sonic 2. And I want to go and see what else is coming out. Oh, the new Fantastic Beast film. You can't see that. It's 
you're evil. I don't, I don't care. I'm going to go and see it. I love it. <laughs> right, let's do the Nikki story, Gemma. Go. Everything is happy between Daniel and Daisy. She promises not to be jealous anymore. Let's see how long that lasts. This was very much like Imran and Toya at the beginning of no the week, wasn't it? Yeah. Don't have any babies without me. <laughs> Daniel says he's going to be helping Nikki out, prepping for her interview. So, Daisy comes up with a diabolical plan. She goes to the local troublemaker, Max, to strike a deal with him. If he plays up for Nikki, she'll give him... Ten pounds? No, make that twenty. That was fantastic. When she pulled crazy. that out of her pocket and looked at it and realised that she brought out a twenty-pound note, he <laughs> agrees to go. Well, he's like, you know, I'm, I might get in trouble here about this, and then when she gives him money and I says he'll get that. more, he's like, okay, yeah, I'll go for it. I am disappointed that we didn't get to see this scene. No, well, he he doesn't do it. No, he does doesn't. He, but I, I would have loved to have seen the scene. Because I'm still trying to get my head around exactly what her interview consisted of. Because she says that she's taken a class, but she was just going for a TA interview. And I think that maybe they wouldn't be asked to do to take a whole class because she would never have to do that anyway. But, you know, I'm not nitpicky about things like that. So I'll not let it slide. Not about the education system and yeah. its representation in Coronation yeah. Street. Daniel goes to the pub later and tells Daisy he's changed his mind. He's not going to meet Nikki now. I can see it's making it her making it making her uncomfortable, and he doesn't want to feed into it by hanging out with Nikki when he when he doesn't need to. Then he talks about how sad Nikki's life has been. He's like, this job's really the only thing that's keeping her going. You know, she's had such a terrible life. She had to look after her sick mum and everything. Um, just look at the toll it's taken on poor Saint Kelly. <laughs> Um, and Daisy looks very uncomfortable and guilty about this because she's obviously s- stitched her up. Mm. So she, um, Jenny sees Daisy chatting to Max later and listens in to hear um, the phrase, destroy the new TA. And she gets mad, tells Daisy they'll be having words when she gets back. But actually Daisy's been telling him not to do it. And he agrees, but he won't give her the money back. In the back of the Rovers, Jenny interrogates Daisy. She's trying to excuse herself by saying, oh, I'm so insecure because of Nikki. And Jenny says, you've got nothing to worry about. Daniel thinks the world of you. You need to trust him. So a bit later, um, Daisy tells Jenny that she's resolved to let Daniel advise Nikki on the job interview. And she's going to be cool about him hanging out with her. She's not going to make a deal out of it. But then Daniel comes into the pub um, because Daisy's called him in. And and, um, she says, look, I'm going to trust you. And he's like, of course, you can definitely trust me. Um, later on, Daniel's in the bistro with Nikki and he tells her that Daisy doesn't know that she used to be a sex worker. And Nikki says, don't worry, the secret's safe with me because I assume she's not advertising at the moment. <laughs> on Wednesday, Daniel tells... I know, funny, who was it that was looking at the cards in the cabin window <laughs> earlier this week? It was Abby, wasn't it? Yeah. Just imagine if she'd seen one of Nikki's <laughs> cards there. <laughs> Daniel tells Daisy on Wednesday that Nikki stands a good chance of getting this job as long as Max and co behave themselves. Then we've got Mrs. Crawshaw bringing Nikki to Daniel's room saying, oh, show her where the staff room is. And uh, Nikki says, I don't know how I'm getting on with this because the class are really rowdy. Yeah, this was, she's had her uh, observed lesson and she's just about to go into the actual interview itself at this point. Um, back at home, Daniel tells Daisy Nikki did not get the job and Daisy says... Oh, that's sad. But then she's like, <laughs> and I'm wondering whether Daniel's lied. I don't think. I think if he had lied, they would have come out by now. It felt like a bit of a, um, a bit of a letdown, a bit of a damp squib. It's like it, but yeah, no, no. I don't think that she's got the job. I mean, I suppose there could potentially be that the candidate that got it decides to Dies. turn it down or, or or falls into a sinkhole or something. Yeah, yeah. and then she's the next um, one that gets it. But. 
I don't know. I don't know whether I think like with with Grace's return, it feels fairly temporary, and it's just there to show how characters react and show their insecurities and things. And uh, this this is what this story is about, really. It's not really a Nikki story, is it? It's a it's a Daniel and it's a Daniel Daisy and Daisy story. story, and about how Daisy, despite um, you know having a lot of front and seeming very confident, is actually very um, insecure. Yeah. Well, that's what all the Instagram stuff is about, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. About, like, seeking validation from other people and... Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, so I was wondering, like, should Daniel tell Daisy about Nikki's past? But I don't it's... think that would help. Well, it's, it's another secret, isn't it? But I don't but think she... I'd be very impressed by my boyfriend going, I've got to confess to you that actually I, I wasn't dating Nikki so much as paying her to wear my dead wife's cardigan. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. I, I wonder what she's going to do now. Because Is she going to give up on her dream of being a TA? It's like, well, if I can't be a TA at Daniel's school, then I don't want to do it at all. Do you need... Do you, you don't need qualifications then? No. You just turn up and go, I want to be a TA now, and they go... Yeah, you just put on your best leather trousers, yeah, turn up a, at the school... Take and a class for, see if there's for an any hour. jobs going. Yeah, basically. I, I, do you enjoy that? I thought it was quite good. Um, Helping me to continue my newfound love of Daisy. Daisy was great this week. There were some really fun moments. When when at the end of the episode she um she grinned into her wine glass. <laughs> See, I just love manipulative evil characters, and I don't. She's not evil though, is she? She's but just she's, uh, amoral. Then yeah, well, yeah, she's definitely amoral, but she's um she's had so many more layers applied yeah, to her yeah. character in the past 12 months she's pretty unrecognisable from the Daisy that I was constantly criticising this time last year but when it comes to characters antagonists are by far more interesting yeah yeah definitely the other the other Daisy reaction that I loved this week was in the Adam story when he tells the woman at the bar that his his, <gasps> yes! uh, his wife has died and Daisy just the, the gasp that she gives was brilliant she's I just outraged isn't really, she really really enjoy watching she's her honestly I've had fantastic. such a turn around on this character I think she's great and um she's she's like quite campy isn't she yes I love it I think yeah. she's brilliant and, and and it's making me like Daniel more as well I, mean, I started off really enjoying Daniel when they brought him back in what six seven years ago maybe then I kind of went off him a little bit I think he went up himself a little bit a and sad got, little yeah exactly getting a bit too serious and all my wife's yeah. dying and everything and he just wasn't fun anymore and, and being a bit creepy with Bethany as well wasn't he but, um, I think they're a really fun couple those two now and I kind of hope they're going to stay together and, and, and again you know going back six months I was thinking why on earth are they putting Daniel and Daisy together what on earth do they have in common she's clearly just being a gold digger she doesn't care for him at all why can't he see this but um now i think they're i think they're a really fun match now aren't they right um neil and stuff then we're racing through this so the first um half of the week was all about laura being a bit poorly um not much goes on really well, she's, she's, she's just... obviously hiding the extent up to which she's in pain isn't she yeah she waits for kelly to go to school so she can collapse in pain yeah, yeah, basically, and and invite Doctor Gadas round for a house call. The newly um, mass- massively haired. She's got a volume on that on that scalp of hers. I want somebody to take pictures of Doctor Gadas through the years so we can see all the amazing hairstyles know, that she's, she's had. Fantastic. She, we didn't need her, but we appreciated no, her. No, this was confirmation to anybody that was saying that Laura was faking it. Yeah, I mean, I think we already had had that confirmation before with. With Kelly seeing, or, you know, getting text messages from the pharmacy saying, "Come and get your mum's prescription." But yeah, this this is without a shadow of the doubt. 
Leela? Laura <laughs> Nealon is Lydia. on her way out. Don't start. I'm not going to get them confused. Um, and, and also it, it showed that Gary is just a nice guy, isn't he? I, I don't. I still think that there is no way that Gary can be redeemed for everything he's done um, in all this time, just by being a bit nice to Laura. But um, there was a reminder at the end of the episode <laughs> when she says to him, oh, you're either the nicest guy on the planet or a serial killer. Gary's like, <laughs> why like not a- both? Yeah, exactly. He's not a serial he's killer. He's not quite though. a serial killer yet, unless he's got another one. Um, How many has he killed one person? Well, no, he killed. He killed Rick. He's killed Rana. He didn't of. kill Rana. She was just in the way of the roof that he was trying to collapse. Well, you know, people might say the same about feeling that he's not necessarily. He didn't have. He didn't directly kill some oh, of his victims, yeah. but it's all that get out of jail free so anyway, card. I thought that was quite fun. I did like that too, and I um. I, do, I would I wouldn't look if Gary is if this is like the beginning of the end of Gary because they they wouldn't they didn't throw that line in for no, no reason I really would like him if he's going to um if he's going to have to be punished I want him to go out as a proper serial killer I'll get a few more notches yeah on his, on maybe his he's going to be like he's going to come into Laura's bedroom and be like Laura how do you feel oh I'm in so much pain Gary. Put me out my misery. No, sh- he'll go, okay, shush, 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 shush. Pillow over the face. Just breathe job, into the pillow, Laura. <laughs> breathe in. You'll see Rick soon enough. Well, he's managed to, uh, has he managed to put her off um, getting get a PI now? Well, she's just saying she's sick and he's like, that's inconvenient for your plans, isn't it? He, Yeah, he, he's trying to tell her, look, you don't want to be wasting all your time yeah. trying to find, you know, chase this guy well, down. that's only step one of her stupid plan. The other plan mm. is to find money and the other plan, part of the plan is to get the money off him. It's a very convoluted and ambitious idea mm. well you said um, you just said um, they didn't throw the line about him being a serial killer in for no good and could this be the beginning of the end for Gary or at least the revelation that he is responsible for Rick's death and I think that absolutely and Friday's episode confirmed that because it's the election next Wednesday and I was convinced ever since um, I think I had it in my beginning of the year predictions that the uncovering of Rick's body was tie in very conveniently or inconveniently I suppose with the, with the election I think absolutely you know by Wednesday next week there's going to be massive strides in this Rick story I'm convinced about it because <laughs> I can just imagine just for the drums the big you know where they um you know I don't know uh, look I'm, I'm ashamed at how little I know about what actually happens during the vote counting and stuff but we've all seen the videos in this country of the MPs all standing on the stage while they read out how many who got how many votes and who's the winner yeah. and everyone goes rah, 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 rah. Yeah. I can just imagine Maria like and they're like and Maria uh, what's, is it still Sullivan? Um, Sutherland you mean yeah um, no Connor she's Connor Maria she? Connor um, no she's not she's hang on a minute she is ma- <laughs> this is bad she has married Gary is she Gary? Oh, yeah, is she Gary, Maria Windass? I think she is, isn't she? Maria I Windass. No. Um, a million more points than the other guy, and then everyone claps, and then someone from the back of the hall goes, "But her boy her husband's a serial killer," and everyone goes, "Oh wow, she can't be the Take thingy that, then." Mo, and back. then and that's the only consequence of the whole thing is the whole thing's been leading up to this storyline with Maria trying to save the planet, mm. and that's why the inevitable destruction of the Earth will occur. Yeah, yeah. Because she didn't win that election. I really hope she doesn't win the election. It'd be so boring. I know, it would I, be. She's like, the, I know I know that saving the planet is important and everything. She's making it look she, boring. 
She this really is not what is. we need. We don't need people making it look boring. We already don't like recycling as it is. No, she's just done. What's she doing today? Sitting around in she, um, wet, wet Victoria me, Garden. She had saying, a twig that she's going to plant. Yeah. So well, I can't remember what she was talking <laughs> on about. But then this this Bernard chap turns up, who's her rival in the election, and starts saying, "Well." How about you? You want to save the planet? Well, I want to reclaim the streets and have people playing, children playing basketball in the in the parks and everything. So and she, here's some footballers I've brought. Yeah, he's he's enlisted James as a supporter. And James, and James is like, there. Oh, I'm really sorry. I can only say football though. I can't play basketball. <laughs> like, shut up and smile for the cameras, James. Nobody asked you here for your brain. So it uh, it looks like um, that this Bernard is ready to wipe the floor with her, which gets Maria a bit down in the dumps at the end of the episode. But fortunately for her. Phil comes along, and I don't know what rock he's been hiding under for the last three months, but he's Phil's back. Desperately trying to sell a house. You know what that's like. Oh, yes, yeah, we did see that for sale sign outside yeah. number nine today, didn't we? Oh, no, oh, no, that's not his house. That's Fizz's house, sorry, and she's they're all going to move in together. Yeah. Correct. I want that story to come back. That's been very, very quiet recently. No, first of all, we're anyway, going to have Phil saving the day for Maria's election campaign. Phil, yeah, he phones up Maria at the end of the episode and says, I need to meet you tomorrow. I don't know what this could what the be. What bloody hell is this going to be? I don't know. I don't. I don't really care because I don't. I don't want anything that makes Maria win this election. But the fact that Ber- thing- this Bernard seems like he's been purposely made yeah. to be the antithesis of all things good and green and environmentally friendly. Surely Coronation Street can't have him actually win, which means it's kind of going to have to be Maria. But we don't care about this Bernard guy. No. So what the hell do we care whether she beats him or not? Well, we just I barely want Maria care to about Maria because she's so good, and I don't care. I, yeah, and I'm, Phil as well. I mean, bless him. But I want what, Phil to win the election. But what's he going to? The thing is, what's he going to do? He's going to come and go. Oh, get this great scandal about Bernard, and everyone's going to be like, I don't know who, who's Bernard again. Oh, that guy that I saw once last week. Mm. Oh yeah, do tell me the juicy details about his life. I I don't have any conceptions about what his life is. If you told me he was had a string of mistresses it wouldn't have an effect on me because I don't know who he is <laughs> maybe it's like Bernard told me the other day that he's stashing a dead body for a mate inside his garage let's reveal that right now I said I'd keep it a secret <laughs> but no, I can't anymore I can't anymore he won't let you plant that tree. and then Gary's like oh no that's my dead body Oops. you've inadvertently made things worse for Maria now I think Coronation Street needs to start being a bit more topical and we need to have something like it's been in the news recently. So what they should do is say that um, Bernard is actually a Russian secret agent who's been placed in Weatherfield Council to undermine England's response to the climate crisis. And then uh, and he's going to get... discovered this. Phil's discovered it. And then next week they're going to drag him out into Victoria Gardens and execute him. Okay. And list. use his body to compost up the... Twig. Well, let's come back this time next week let's and see if you're right with that. And see, I'm just spitballing some ideas. <laughs> not too late to change it, Corey. If, well, you, if you listen to this and realise that next week's episodes aren't quite so uh, not as good as that, so are they? Spicy. Not yeah. as good as that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely. What, what do you think? Is, is Rick stuff going to happen next week to time with the election? If it if it doesn't, it's missing a massive trick. I think. It just feels like one of these things where the story is really interesting, but then they add a plot twist in that's so boring, it makes you question everything about why you like the show. Like, <laughs> what could it be? Oh, he said he agrees with your fundamental principles about the environment, but actually he too has a Range Rover. <laughs> oh no, well he can't be the mayor of Victoria Gardens then. I just... 
I, d- I don't think that he can be whatever. What are they even standing for? I Local councillor. I don't what? think it can be him in the end. Local windbag. I I, th- I think that she's gonna think. Oh, there's no way that I can win because my husband's just been uncovered as being a murderer or something. But she's gonna go ahead and win anyway. Something like that. I I don't know. But yeah, look out for Rick stuff. It's happening. Right, uh, we have got one more story left, and this is um, and tied in ties in a little bit to it. It's what's going on with uh, with Adam. So Gemma, over to you. Um, I, I, this I, was it, the same. Yeah, this is copy I, and paste, I, I, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. This was massively copy and paste. A lot of this Wednesday and Friday. It was just Adam goes in to see Sarah. They have a moan. Adam goes, sees um, Lydia. They have an argument. Lydia and Sarah have a meet up in the factory. Sarah has a go at Lydia. It was just that rinse and repeat, basically. There was the funny scene on Wednesday when Adam's getting drunk in the pub. And this blonde lady comes along that and he gives her the glad eye and starts that. chatting her up. I can see that. And he says something about I'm single and Daisy's like... <sighs> and then he says, well, my wife's died. And then yeah, she's like... <gasps> um, the, the woman spies the wedding ring on Adam's yeah, yeah. Um, left hand, doesn't she? And he's like, oh no, my wife's dead. <laughs> that was great. I love that. Daisy calls Daniel to get um, him to sort out his stupid relative. Um, so Daniel goes in. <laughs> While Adam's chatting up this girl and, and says, Sarah wants to know when you're coming back for your dinner. And she's like, oh, you um, you horrible pig. And then she throws the wine at him. And I want to give a, a shout out to this actress. She got the, the best wine throw I've ever seen on this show. Yeah, it was at, guess, she managed to like yeah, do something with her wrist where she's, she kind of like swelled it in the glass before she chucked it. And it was like a tsunami in its face <laughs> of wine. Um, and then she storms off and Adam's left there a bit miserable. I don't know where I am now. I've got so excited about that. Um, he storms off, goes to drink. Everyone hates each other. Blah blah blah. Friday, he's go off to town to drink some more. Doesn't he, he wakes up on Daniel's sofa. He's got a hangover. He got back at three o'clock in the morning. Daisy's not impressed. Daniel's not impressed. He makes him go to talk to, to Sarah in the factory. She's not impressed. Lydia shows up. She's not impressed. Everyone's mad at Adam. They go out on the street. They have a massive conv- argument. Adam threatens uh, Lydia and says she's going to get what's coming to her. Everybody's really upset because. Um, Lydia's acting was so convincing and actually Adam's the one that looks a bit unhinged. Daniel tells Adam in the flat later, calm down. Um, uh, it looks like Lydia's starting to look sad. Um, maybe she'll come clean. Yeah, and she's then... letting her down her guard a little bit. This could be our chance to swoop in there and, and um, kick unmask her, in the, her. Kick her in the nads. Adam tells Daniel that he can't lose Sarah and then Daniel says, I'll talk to her. Meanwhile, in the factory, Carla's saying to Sarah... That she this so doesn't. Dull, wasn't it? I know. This story was getting interesting a few weeks ago, and literally all this week was. I'm going to talk to this person and try and get them to take you back. Well, you, she's talking to that person over there, and this person, Carla, she believes Sarah. I also actually, want to say another thing point. as well. This has not given anybody the chance to to do anything interesting. No. None of these. I mean, the actors are all doing a really good job, but nobody like. There's nothing interesting here about any of this. Really not. So Carla tells Sarah, "I believe you. I don't think Adam's." threatening why is Lydia so insistent I think you should listen to I think you should listen to him I don't believe Lydia so Carla's somehow the wise one who's seen through Lydia's lies which is good for Carla fans but I don't know whether well, she actually has Carla's any more insight for this was interesting as well it didn't make sense to me because she's saying oh well this is all kind of hinging on the fact that Lydia says that Adam physically threatened her and, and, and wrecked her flat and have you ever been physically threatened by Adam and Sarah's like no 
but she was a few weeks ago. They, they, I remember there was a scene when they were in the darkened factory together and Adam kind of advances on Sarah a little bit, who, who cowers. So, yes, she has felt... Well, this is also one of the threatened. worst arguments I've ever heard a woman give for why another woman shouldn't be scared of a man. It's the most unfeminist thing I've ever heard. Why? Oh, you shouldn't be scared of him because I'm not scared of him. Okay, oh. yeah, well, you can only beat one woman at a time, surely, <laughs> as he picks me up and uses me as a weapon to hit you. What are you talking about, you dozy idiot? You you don't feel threatened by him because he's kind of like your brother-in-law or something. What yeah. are you talking about? Why would you feel threatened by him? Yeah, I know. I, know. I, think, that's, I think that's really inappropriate for a woman to dismiss somebody else as saying I don't believe her basically she's saying I don't believe her because he's never done it to me I yeah even... because he's not abusing you is he's abusing Lydia not that he is in real life but what I'm saying is women should really not use this argument to dismiss other people Adam's definitely shown he's got a temper anyway hasn't yeah. he I wouldn't say that you know, it's ridiculous. Massive. Yeah, it's not a ridiculous notion that maybe he could physically threaten somebody. Ninety-nine percent of men are stronger than ninety-nine percent of women. That's mm. just a fact. So even if you're not threatened by a man, he can still, you can still really mess hurt up your you. Flat. Yes, and your face. Mm. So watch out. So anyway, this was just this was just um I don't know making Carla look good. I guess. Making Sarah think twice. It makes Sarah think, I'm going to go and speak to Lydia. I'm going to go around her flat and have it out with her again. Thank goodness we didn't have that scene. Adam sees Sarah in the street and um, tells her Daniel's theory. And Sarah says, well, I've just gone around to Lydia's flat and it looks like she's done a runner. And she's taken her son. Finn. (laughs) I thought that was so funny. Yesterday we have... Because we, we've been saying for weeks, what on earth is going on with Finn? It, where, where is he staying when she's sneaking around in the middle of the night? Where was he when Adam was supposedly messing at a flat? Obviously, it was her that did it. This is this character that was brought in for one scene about three months ago. And it wouldn't have surprised me if she had done this midnight flit and left him to fend for himself at home. Well, is Sarah basing the fact that she's taken her son and all of her stuff on the fact that there was no son stuff there? Maybe. Because of course there wouldn't be, because Finn's a figment of everybody's imagination. Did she check in everybody... the cupboard under the stairs? He might have been there. I'm convinced that everybody was huffing mulled um, wine fumes and that's why they all had a group hallucination of a little boy. Yes, you might be right, you might be right. There's because let's face it, everybody at home, apart from you, Michael, was also high on... Well, that is it for this week's Coronation Street. Um, definitely some stories were stronger than other. <laughs> I just got no time for this Adam, Lydia, Sarah rubbish. Just going round in circles. I'm sure it'll get ev- interesting again eventually, but just let's put an end to it now, please. Um, the Grace story I thought was better than many people online are making out to be because I kind of like most of the babies. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. But I, I, apart from James, who I really can't find any redeeming features (laughs) in, I'm sorry. I'm just really confused. I do kind of a bit like all of the other Baileys. Why was he trotted out as like some great photo op? For for this Bernard guy, Bernard guy. He's a star footballer. I know, but so like, what's the... Can't get the, Tommy O anymore. All the blokes there were just like, football, football. James is like, football. And all the photographers are like, yeah, football. They just take a photo. What's the photo of? They go back home to the, like, they go back to work and the editors of the mag- of the newspaper's like, right, so what's the story here? Oh, the football man. We've got a picture of the football man. He's famous. And they're like, what's the story? There's a story. You went to go and cover the, 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 per- the, elect- the person in the election planting a twig, didn't you? Where's mm. the photo of that? 
I don't know, I've got a picture of a football man. Oh, maybe. Maybe, because in today's episode, Phil finds out that Kurt was Buzzer the Bee. And Maria hasn't realised that she can use her own brother, yes. the local celebrity, yes, to try true. and get a few votes. So, yeah, she needs to go and get Buzzer canvassing around Weatherfield, doesn't she? Maybe that was his idea. Maybe he's going to meet up with her on Monday and go with a with a bee hat under his un, under his arm. Yeah, I think I think I'm onto something. I would literally just thought of that idea. That would make sense because there, there's... that's not Phil's idea. It might be because he that's did a stupid idea. Oh, this is a bit stupid. I know it's a whole stupid story. But that that he did find out just in this episode that, that Kurt was buzzer. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, so there we go. Um, and also, Wayne Bruce was the original buzzer, and we can never forget yes, that now. That's information that's been put into our heads without our permission. Yeah, that's going to uh, appear on a coronation. Don't State consent quiz. What to was this. the name of the original person to portray Buzzer the Bee? And when was the year... I don't know how year... long ago this was supposed to be, because in the mid-90s... Yeah, what year was the Weatherfield County football team formed, founded? 18... 18- Something, something. 88. But Buzzard the Bee hasn't been, and this is very nerdy of me, the Weatherfield County mascot for all that long because in the 90s, <laughs> I'm going to say, nerd. Martin Platt was their mascot and it was like a duck or something. Oh, I thought it was just an angry nurse. No. <laughs> <laughs> Martin the he angry nurse. He just let nurse. him out when he just runs up and down the pitch going, oh my God, I can't believe it. They're just walking in. Where's the stupid man? Oh, the referee's yeah, blind. So um, Buzzard the Bee has not been Weatherfield County mascot for any more than 20 years. I'm going to say. Well, anyway, who's to say how old this Wayne Bruce guy is? Very true, very true. So I, I enjoyed the Halo stuff, although it was a bit bit fluffy, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, I mean, the, 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 the Habib story, definitely. There were ups and downs here, but yes, by far the strongest storyline, the, the most dramatic and fun, and the I one that want... gave everybody the most meaty lines to emote to And, and was the that. one that got most Sorry. people talking online yeah. For, for better or for worse, it's the Habibi baby story. But, so, um, you know, what? everybody... The thing is that, I don't. does anybody hate this story? Or is it just that people are getting emotional about what they think oh, people, should happen? Yeah, yeah, I think they do. I, what, I, hate I, I, I've, I've seen people saying, I'm fed up of this. I've even seen oh, yeah. somebody online saying, is this the Abby show? <laughs> so I think Abby is the new feeling. Because that's what Bibi oh, used to say, isn't it? We always it? hitch our wagons to the the ones that take over the show, and everyone hates. I know, I know. But it's, and we're not it's making because it. We're, we really... It's because we're um, just giddy fans, aren't we? Yeah, we totally are. Um, I don't know whether to give Abby my character of the week again because she got it last week, but I, I kind of think we should. It can't well, be it can't be Imran as much as I really love joining. <laughs> Watching him run this week, yeah. he is a massive lying, dirty dog. Despite <laughs> it all, but yeah, I but she's an evil really drug enjoyed addict. watching him this week and seeing, you know, him seeing his son for the first time oh, and vowing to fight. So but good. Maybe he Those should be scenes. character of the week because he's he's sticking with his son despite, you know, the the problems that it could cause for his relationship with Toya. Oh man, those scenes. Happy I would say been voted character of the week quite a, a few time. times. I want to say if I was only voting on. This sto- the Habibi baby storyline this week that would get like four point seven five for me because it was so much fun and so dramatic and so cringy and just it wasn't as good as last well, week. It, it wasn't as exciting as surprise pregnancy, abandoning baby. It, it wasn't. It it didn't right. it didn't hit me quite Your so opinion. much as me. Um, oh, do I? Oh, now I'm considering maybe whether I do give Imran character of the week. Oh, everyone was so good. But what about the Kevin? Stunt. Kevin needs a shout out here too. Yeah, but he's not getting character of the week. Oh, sorry. He? What about Jack? 
No. <laughs> he was really angry. No. Um, Toya. To, I, I can see where people are coming from when they're getting a little bit like... Toya's, Toya being Toya's a bit, too being much a bit of a weirdly inconsistent as well because she keeps going to Abby's face like, yeah, fight for your son, fight for your son. And then she goes and talks to someone else going, oh, she's a bit she's a bit dodgy, isn't she? I don't know if she should really have custody of her kid. She's kind of just buzzing around a little bit, isn't she? She's basically mopping up all the lines that no, you know... Mm. she's kind of connecting the dots just, for the... she's just saving her energy for when the reveal eventually comes she's and I, get am, so I am living mad. for this I, I really really I can't cope with it I don't want to stop revelation. watching it um, anyway so who's my character of the week it's not it, it's not Grace it's not it's not Amy or Jacob although I enjoyed all of those um, I am I'm going to give it to Imran this week because I gave it to Abby last week and I want to share the love he, he, that bit where he he's working naughty. out his dates, like, oh. He was very, very naughty, but um, he is standing by his son and offering some free legal advice. And um, I, I, I think he's great. I think he's really, really great. So there we go. My character of the week is Imran, and I am giving this three and a half, um, three and a half bits of melon and a slice of ham out of five. You wouldn't eat that. Not, not, I'm not a melon fan. What about you? I am going to give it to Abby. Fair play. She was just like Jesus' mum. <laughs> What's her name again? <laughs> I know her name was Mary, but I'm like, Mother Mary? What's her name? Well, you're not like confusing a... her with Mary Magdalene, are No, you? I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> She's so beautiful like Mary Magdalene. All right. So, um, so giving it to Abby, and then score. I'm going to give, the score is going to be three and a half. Um, I'm going to give it three and a half social piranhas. Which is, <laughs> Fantastic. is funny. Okay, right. Um, we are not going to do any news this week because there have been a few little bits of news, not really enough to build a whole cabin section out of. But, by the way, um, if you missed our cabin section last week where we were talking about the potential that um, the Weatherfield Precinct has for the show, we've now uploaded that separately on YouTube as well. Um, just because, you know, it felt like it stood alone as a nice little discussion piece so but yeah no news this week come on Corrie people do something exciting um, we're going to skip right no don't ahead. do anything exciting I don't like exciting things it's I too just to stressful do something newsworthy Corrie people please stressful and um, we are right, going feedback. to do some feedback alright feedback time then um, so last week was a big week on Coronation Street what did the Facebook group think about it Gemma what was their average score please 4.19 4.19 not bad not bad we gave it we, we gave it 4 last week didn't we I think I think Rumor we did maybe 4.5 I don't remember 4.19 pretty good um, Richard gave it 4 teddy bears being fed imaginary cakes out of 5 which is what's <laughs> going on at the Imran Habib um, house last not, not Imran Habib uh, Batters Beeb house last week um, we got Rebecca who gave it 4.5 times Nick struggled playing Hungry Hippos out of 5 and Lisa 4.5 pieces of placenta out of 5 <laughs> my pick of the week <laughs> Gross. Would be, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's um, not gross. It's it's a natural. miracle. That is a very natural answer. Um, and Yvonne, we have got this is our latest patron, by the way, isn't it? Hello, hello, and she has um, written us an email. So she says, "I discovered your podcast shortly after the COVID lockdowns began two years ago, and I eagerly look forward to every episode. I live in Canada near Toronto, and we're about three weeks behind the UK right now, so I have to restrain <laughs> myself and wait to listen to your weekly updates until the Cory episodes have aired here, as I try to remain relatively spoiler free. You have to wait then for three weeks before you I hear know. us say this. I'm excited to be a new patron member." 
and I've been working my way through all of the bonus episodes and content, loving the top fives, and I play along to see how mine oh, compares fun. to yours. This this was genuine feedback and not just an advert for our Patreon. Brilliant value, I have to say. <laughs> First episodes that I can remember, says Yvonne, were, um, were in the late 70s. I was a teenager at the time and in love with Brian Tilsley. Who wasn't? I mean, that luscious hair, it the rippling muscles. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been a diehard fan ever since. While on business in the UK several years ago, I was fortunate enough to be able to pay a visit to the sets at the Old Granada Studios oh. in Manchester shortly before they were closed. It was the thrill of a lifetime for me and I will always cherish the cheesy photo <laughs> of me pulling a pipe yeah. behind the bar at the Rovers. We... S- where is ours at the moment? Like we packed it up. Yeah, I know. I don't know where house. it. Oh dear, could be anywhere. I really could. Don't it? throw anyway. Don't throw yeah. away any photos without checking first. I think it's up in the attic now. Um, thank you both for this wonderful podcast. It's been a welcome diversion through the pandemic, and I thoroughly enjoyed listening to you both analysing and chatting about each story and all of the characters with such clever wit and humour. <laughs> Two greater fans of Corey, I cannot imagine. Aww. You need to imagine a little bit harder because. <laughs> We moan quite a little bit about it. Yeah, but we're great though. She like she didn't define how she's using the word great. Oh yeah, that's true. That is true. Could just be great people that we're, like we're average. We we have an average amount of Coronation Street love and knowledge, but we are mm. just really great. We're really people. great people. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What more could you want from a podcast? Host? I mean, great. Yeah, fantastic. Is another word I'd use. And, and fabulous. Maybe sometimes we great on you as well. So it yeah, could be a double I've meaning. Heard that said before <laughs> and now this next one Gemma you asked to be put into the uh, the feedback section didn't you we plucked this out of Facebook this yes, week yes make this from Facebook this is from Adrian I like this comment so I thought we should read it out it um, concerns Abigail Webster just in case we haven't Abigail talked Webster. about her enough in podcast recently so it, uh, Adrian says I've said it repeatedly but no, nobody ever accuses Abby or Leanne of acting out of character because they utterly commit and have the ability to convince you of who they are Abby has cemented the fact that she can be funny and loving and heroic that's why watching her going off the rails is angering people it's not because of writing and it's not because they've uh in quotes, changed her character is because people know what Abby can be and they're either angry or sympathetic to her current downfall. And whether you sympathise or forgive her or resent her and find her behaviour abhorrent is because Sally Carmen has nailed that part so skillfully. Jan- Dane- Jane Danson gets the same. I don't remember anyone criticising the writing of the storylines or the writers when she's up to something. People always blame Leanne. They are two extremely talented actors and the more you disapprove of their character's behaviour, the more you should respect them for their talent. I really like this yes. because this just gets to the heart of what we say quite often about um, about characters and the way they're portrayed and the and the writing and um, it's when people get so mad, like Adrian's saying, he's saying it much more eloquently. I'm just I'm just translating it into nonsense. But it it's when people aren't moaning about the story and complaining about the plot, but when they're complaining about the characters' actions, mm. that um, it shows the true talents of of the show. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the the difficulty must be when you're really, really committed to a character and you know how your character would act and they get written in a different way and there's nothing you can do about it sometimes. I know sometimes actors can turn around That's not what if they're brave enough. And so, no, no, it's not. But, um, but, you, but the thing is, what Adrian's saying is that even if that were to happen, because Leanne and... and um, Abby... Abby, because the actresses know the characters so well, they can kind of finagle a motivation 
that mm. makes them yeah, convincing. No, okay. Yeah, that makes sense, definitely. And I, I am I am utterly convinced by both of those. And oh, I know. But when I watch Coronation Street, definitely sometimes, and and it's definitely sometimes, definitely sometimes, and this has increased more since doing the podcast. I watch characters and I see the actor. But with some characters, I absolutely don't. I see them as a character. And with with sometimes it's like, you know, with Roy. And sometimes it's to do with social media presence. Because David Nielsen is not on social media. Yeah, that's true. I know that he is David Nielsen. But when I see him, I see Roy. There is absolutely no, I'm watching David here. I completely believe that this is Roy there in front of my in front of my eyes on my telly. Peter Barlow is another one. Chris Gascoigne is kind of on social media. He doesn't really post very much. But he is absolutely 100% Peter Barlow when he says his lines. And I think exactly the same for Leanne and uh, and Abby. I do not see Jane and Sally there. And obviously Sally Carmen is very um, active on social media. And she likes tweets. And she's, she's messaged us and chatted with us before. But despite all of that, I do not see Sally Carmen. I completely buy into this being Abby. And, and that certainly says a lot about the skill of the actress. That even when um, you have a, a, a little bit of a relationship there, you can still kind of forget about it and just only see the character. That is true talent there. So I think that um, Adrian's comment was... It was very, very true there, and I think it was well worth including in the feedback section this week. So good spot, Gemma. Yeah. Nodding of the head says Gemma. Right, George is uh, the next comment, and uh, George says this week has been on fire, full of goodness, uh, full of good drama, not goodness. It's horrible stuff. It's hard to know where to start. Abby's baby drama was a plenty as Imran proved to be a smart cookie and managed to put the pieces together to confirm what I all knew all along that he's the father and what a picture his face was. But I wasn't expecting Kevin back and thank goodness he already knew he wasn't the father. If only Debbie did flap off the handle then Abby (laughs) could have told her beforehand. Yeah I I still think I I was thinking when Kevin came back oh he's going to walk in there and he's going to see this kid and he's going to think that it's his. I've completely forgotten about the whole Tez thing but um, I think that was a twist that was not necessarily needed. Um, so that's why they didn't do it. Um, Grace, George <laughs> continues, what was the point of her returning if all it was for dopey old Michael to discover... Oh, God, George, <laughs> come on, come he on. He is dopey, though. He is really dopey, but I love him. And I've seen so many people on social media saying that he's dopey and they hate him. What? He is, I don't think that Michael is a very popular character on what? social media. I he's saw a lovable. post somewhere saying how handsome... Um, Russell oh, was uh, Ryan Russell that. was this week, but um, no, I don't think that people like Michael. But I genuinely think he's, he's like really nicest, lovely. He's probably the nicest character. And nice counts for a lot. I mean, to be honest, Craig is nice, but mm. he's not. A, he's not a character that's particularly engaging say, at the moment. To be honest, for me. I want to say something. I don't think that being a nice character um, is a good thing for an actor. Um, I think it's difficult to make that character engaging because they just turn into a boring old drip but I don't think Michael is no I really really don't because he's got that energy yeah he does and he's charismatic sorry George I I interrupted you yeah we did we just interrupted just to disagree with you people people probably pause the podcast to rant at us all the time I'm sure yeah yeah but listen that's fine if you don't like Michael you're allowed well, I will allow it. This Michael, that Michael. Any, any of them. You can, you can not like me. It's fine. I, I won't, won't take offence. Anyway, don't tell us. We don't... What was the point of her return? No, I don't <laughs> care. You can tell no, me. No, don't. Don't want to know. Don't tell Gemma if you don't like her. You can tell me. It's fine. No, it's my it. feelings. <laughs> I got a tough skin. Anyway, 
Grace, what was the point of her return if all it was was for dopey old Michael to discover what an evil conniving cow she is? Also, who would let her start her own business? Not even Lord Sugar would have invested in her and took away from her first... But, but her and it took away from her first exit. Yeah, what did, did you think it... Um... I'd, I'd hire her because she's um, ruthless and manipulative and I think those, those are very good skills to have in business do you think yeah no I, I I'd agree, invest on whatever she's up to do you think that it took away from her first exit having her back again well that's what I kind of said you know it undermined it a little bit but it did really how did she even go before it? It, it was very it was quick off wasn't going, it thanks for the cash suckers see you later it, there was a very quick turnaround from hey I'm mates yeah. with Bernie look here's my kid I'm watching her on my camera to I'm off um, so I think if yeah, maybe if the first exit had had a bit more gravitas to it, then I might I might agree. But no, I was just happy to, to be well, pleasantly surprised to see her. Again. It all really depends on your mileage uh, for the Baileys and... Yeah, I mean, there so, were probably a lot of people that was like, yeah, oh, these, this bloody is a, hell, I thought we got rid of Grace. I think this is a fair comment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, big shame that Nikki didn't get the job, as I was hoping and looking forward to seeing a good catfight between her and Daisy, who, by the way, is not fooling me about being Daisy 2.0, even if she did help Adam, whose idea of spending the day plastered is something I can't condone, even if I am on his side. Um, we can still have a, a catfight between Nikki and Daisy, TA or no TA. I know that if you work at Weatherfield Comprehensive, it seems to be part of the job description now that you've got to cause a ruckus Don't with be um, members of the community, either push them down the stairs or having a cat fight or punch them in the face or whatever. But um, yeah, it can still go still go ahead without. Thank you very much, George, for your comments. Thank you. We like, very like to hear, um, like, oh, I say this, I want to hear from people that uh, don't have the same point of view yeah, uh, yeah, as no, we course, do, yeah. because I don't want also this to be an echo chamber. No. Um, of the same ideas over and over again. No. Even though if you write in, we do argue with you. So perhaps not very Yeah, you've got to have a thick skin if you're going to write oh, in and dear. say that you disagree with something that we say. Yeah. Uh, Nancy. Best to pick the topics that we're fairly ambivalent about. We'll <laughs> Don't go, try to tell oh, me why Tim's the best You character. have an opinion on Sarah and Adam's marriage, do you? How interesting. <laughs> oh, come on. Right, Nancy. This is what she said. It speaks volumes about Coronation Street when they can take a character like Abby and bring her down so low and by the end of the week she is ready to fight for Alfie. If Abby is the hero of her own story then Aggie and Toya are her allies. That's a really good point. Mm. I think Toya and Imran will want custody or an arrangement. Kevin may even end up forgiving her. As you can tell I'm on Abby's side. I do not have a problem seeing her other points of view regarding this storyline Carla and Imran need to be involved if Gary is indeed exposed as Rana's killer yeah no that, that's a really good point I don't know I'm not sure whether the Rana thing is going to come out the Rick thing definitely feels like it's bubbling up doesn't it And but if if this story ends and Gary ends up in prison or, or whatever because of Rick and maybe he shouldn't because it was self defence if there's no mention of Rana and Carla and Imran aren't involved, there's a massive, massive missed opportunity, isn't there? Yes. Yeah, I definitely agree. I want that factory roof fight in the rain between Imran and Gary. Mm. Um, Nancy continues, I love Leanne's patience when she was waiting for Sam to finish his chess game. <laughs> Expression in her eyes said it all. I love the story Jenny Gemma, told. Are you, are you a bit disappointed we didn't get any chess this week, just secretly, deep down? We just waiting to I've have... learned it all now. I know all the moves. <laughs> Um, I love the story Jenny told Daisy. Daisy could be right about Nikki. Interesting, the way she turned up. Is Nikki going to have trouble with Max? Daisy and Daniel seem like the perfect match. I think Craig will change careers again. Oh, what's he going to do? What else boring job is he? 
Um, well, he could be oh, a... We need a window cleaner again. That would be his perfect job, actually, because he'd be looking through the windows for crimes. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm up here. Yeah, super. Into, What's it'd going be like, on in here? It'd be like the most boring version of rear window that you can possibly imagine. It's like the opposite, isn't it? Yeah. There you go. You found it. Um, <laughs> what's the opposite of rear window? Is front door. <laughs> <laughs> Nancy says, "I would. It would have been wonderful if the whole week had been Abby's story. I gave this week's episodes four out of five crash BMWs. The character of the week is Abby. Nice, nice, nice. Very nice. That stuff about the chest reminds me. I'm reading um in, in class at the moment. We're reading this book called Escape Room, and it's about this group of kids that go and do an escape room and it all turns deadly and everything really and um yes and it's a bit like the the film that we saw called escape, escape room, room. <laughs> but <laughs> was it, more the, no- kid was it the children novelization of the yeah. of the horror movie no but there's a scene in there where, where they're um playing chess against this robot thing and there's a good few pages that's describing the chess game <laughs> and i was that this is really boring i don't think i, I don't think i was able to uh, keep my audience while i was reading those pages but it did remind me of sam and leanne and roy and everything i want people to work a bit better with their audiences i i know i'm not stupid but i don't know chess let's have something we can understand let's have people play really dramatic games of connect four I get that, yeah. Yeah, I'll be like, watch out, watch out, he's building a ramp, he's going to go diagonally. Play... Yeah, and what can make Connect 4 really interesting is like Speed Connect 4. Like you've got oh, three yeah, seconds no time to, to make your move and Just then, the, speed, choo, then choo, the, choo, the scene choo. carries on at quite a lick. They could have made the chess more interesting by like having dramatic music and, and cuts and then like extreme close-ups to Roy's yeah, eyes. and, and like then, sweat yeah, and, and brows. And little CGI images of the, 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 the horsey and the castle going across the... The board and everything. Oh, you said you know about chess. Yeah, I understand it completely. Or they could have just literally played battle chess. Did anyone oh, play battle you... guess chess? That, that DOS is. game from the nineties or eighties where they had the little little pawns and they would they would stick a knife in the See, screen. And a... I thought you were going to say they could play battleships, and I was a hundred percent behind you <laughs> because a dramatic game of battleships is fantastic. And that would blow Sam's mind. I could mind. understand that because there would be like, oh, how is he going to set up his his board? Is he doing the classic? spread it out all over randomly or is he going to do that sneaky one where you put all your ships in the corner and hope that the the person doesn't work out <laughs> i don't know whether they could make any board game really an interesting um um i'm going to disagree with you because if you want carnage you play monopoly but there's not going to make an interesting scene in a, in a show is it it's more just the reaction, isn't it, of people shouting and demanding to know so. whether the banker's stealing. Because all, all the bankers are stealing. In real I would life pay well. good money to see Nick playing Hungry Hungry Hippos, actually. Right. <laughs> Buckaroo. Ah, why didn't they do it? Buckaroo would be quite good, yeah. Right, Fiona says, As a social worker, I felt compelled to comment on Abby's storyline. I don't work in children and families, or whatever the English equivalent is called, but I do know that removing kids from their parents' care is always the last resort. Apart from being high when she gave birth, and since she didn't know she was pregnant, I will slightly overlook that, and having a history of drug misuse, there isn't anything that would mean Elfie had to be removed from Abby's care. There is an urgent case of putting in a power of support to allow Abby to care properly for her child and staging a bit of intervention, though. There are two clear triggers for Abby's behaviour, a murdered son and the breakdown of her marriage, and they are traumatic events for anyone, so it's inevitable that Abby will deal with the pain and stress by blocking it out. 
I work with a lot of people whose first reaction to anything negative is to get wasted. So I'm really loving Toya in this storyline. I know lots of people hate it, but do they? But I think it's brilliant. She's close enough to Abby to tell her to get a grip without it being a personal attack, and she's not close enough for it to damage the relationship. That's a very good point. Mm. Toya has the potential to be a really great character, but she suffers from some poor writing and the temptation to keep her as Miss Mushroom Burger. <laughs> Georgia Taylor is a very capable actress, so when the irony of Toya's involvement is revealed with a strong script, it's going to be gold. I know. Slightly longer and more social workery than I intended, but never mind. Um, thank you for no, all I you like do it when people, I like to hear um, somebody professional complaining that isn't uh, you complaining about teachers and me going, I don't know that a journalist would do that. Yeah. I, I think one of the, it wasn't the main reason for Abby um, having Alfie taken away from her because she literally abandoned him. It wasn't necessarily about giving high and the history. It was Being she, high. yeah, she, she walked away from this baby I, I don't know. Fiona seems to know more about it than than I yeah, guess you yeah. do. Well, yeah, no, I don't know. I just I just assume that was the reason. I think there are many reasons, and there, she's there's listed a combination them all in the show, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. There's but I a, think there's, the, she's got I a think, lot of baggage, has Abby. I think the main the thing that's kind of sustaining this um, perhaps unrealistic discussion about who you know whether Abby's Abby's allowed to, to take the baby home is the fact that the baby's still in hospital. I don't know whether this would be so protracted. No. You know, I think it's because the baby literally can't go anywhere so they can take their time and really make a decision. Mm. But that's just, you know, that's just show social workers, not actually real social workers. Mm. Interesting. I mean, another, you know, in a parallel universe, Abby gives birth, she gets pregnant for nine months and gives birth on Britain's Got Talent Week because it would fairly well line up with that. So it was interesting that they decided to cut that short. and. Maybe they're just like, oh, gotta get it's that baby mo- out. It's really now. dramatic, though, isn't it? It's really, really, oh, so good. Yes. Right, Rebecca has written in. She said, "Fantastic week on the street. Headline by Abby suddenly going into labour and giving birth prematurely. I, like Michael, thought that Abby was having a miscarriage, so the cliffhanger was quite a shock. I also didn't know Abby was going to give birth, even though I had theorised it was all theories." I am also glad they cleared up. Imran definitely is the father and I can't wait to see his face when he finds out Abby has had a baby. Love the name too. Alfie is such a cute name. Poor Toya though. She genuinely feels... She generally feels... Hang on. Oh, sorry. I've got something wrong here. She feels something. I'm sorry. I didn't cut, I didn't copy that bit of the message. Um, Skip ahead to the beginning of says, the next I sentence. She I also think that Gary's <laughs> antics might put a spanner in Maria's political campaign. I love Roy and Sam playing chess. It's just so cute. I think this could be the start of Sam being a chess genius. He's already And I think Nick will realise this is, in the end, he just wants to protect Sam after what happened with Natasha. I had a theory last year that someone from Daniel's past would come to stir up trouble between Daisy and Daniel, but I was thinking of Bethany. Ooh, not Nikki. I completely agree. It's in Daisy's character to do what she's doing, but she could push Daniel towards Nikki, even though at the moment nothing has happened. I also want there to be a scandal regarding Nikki at the school. Maybe Daisy could leak it when she finds out Nikki used to be a sex worker. That's a good point because, I mean, you, you, you suggested that maybe... Nikki has got the job and I said oh, I don't think she has but maybe she could get it if somebody drops out yeah. so it, if she does end up working there then I think that Daisy absolutely would yeah that's that. a really good point I, I think that's yeah great but but I still think oh, what was on Nikki's CV that she surely had to give into the this school when was she was thinking. going for the job what was she like personal assistant to a variety of men each one different every yeah. night <laughs> um, maybe she just write Masseuse 
Maybe, maybe. Physical therapist. I think that Mr. Griffin was one of her. Um... He's like, I can vouch for her. Yes, I'm her reference. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> very good. Very, very good. I'll give it a ten out of ten. Yeah. Cracking lass. Did you see her trousers? <laughs> um, Rebecca says the glory party build-up was filler, but okay. Finally, I would usually enjoy Emma and John, but you know it can't last when John finds out the truth about Ted. Character of the week is Abby, but props also go to Toya and Aggie. And I'll give it four and a half times Nick struggled playing Hungry Hippos yes, out of five. Before, Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you, everybody. Lovely feedback. I love all your feedback. We got some reviews. Oh, yes, we have got some reviews on iTunes this week, haven't we? You read this one and I'll read the other one. Which one? You want me to read the first one? Love the show, although it's three weeks ahead. So I listen accordingly. This is a four-star review, by the way. You guys are great. Gemma girlfriend, you don't let him finish his sentences a lot of the time. I can hear the frustration in his voice. Other than that, <laughs> lots of fun. Gemma. This is from Amazing and Just Ye. Maybe this is maybe this is Kanye West. Maybe, maybe he likes it interrupting is. people. I don't mind when Gemma well sometimes annoy, but I interrupt. We just both interrupt each other because we've got a lot to say. Knock knock. <laughs> Who's there? Interrupting cow. Interrupting cow. Who? Hi, it's me, Gemma. <laughs> the interrupting cow. That's an anti-joke. That is a little bit, isn't it? Right. Oh, Gemma, don't worry. We both interrupt each other. We've just got lots to say. See, this is the thing. If I don't say anything instantly after you stop talking or try to to preempt the end of your sentence, you just carry on talking. I would. <laughs> I would. I sometimes need interrupting. It's fair. Um, I do try to put my hand up though, don't I? You did do that today, actually. I've definitely noticed. I, do, I do it lots of times. Yeah, you, you do, but I've noticed that more today, actually. That's it's because like, I read this it's feedback. Like you're, it's like you're a child in my class. Yes, thank you for the person who wrote that review. Gemma has taken on board your feedback. Now she's putting up and saying, Miss Tutson, Miss Tutson, I can't take to say. Amazing and just ye. Okay. Thank you very What's much. Second one? The second one is from DJB89, Union Jack. Emoji. Yeah. Um, great podcast. Five out of five. Yay. Great podcast. I moved to the US eight years ago and I still keep up to date on Coronation Street. Conversation Street is a great companion, especially since no one here, no one else I know here watches. I feel like I'm catching up and chatting about the latest action on the street with good friends. Mm. Thank you very much, my good friend DJB89 Union Jack Emoji. Thank you very much. I'm glad Thank that you, you like it. Indeed. Yes. Thank you too. to everybody also who's left us a rating. Um, don't forget you can go and uh, t- tell me where I'm going wrong. Um, can somebody on, criticise me, please? So that, on um, iTunes. So that Gemma, it is always me, isn't it? It's not always. It's not everything. very often that it happens. But please, so that Gemma um, feels there's some sort of equality here. I'm sure there's plenty that you could I'm pick up on for it. me. I don't mind. Mm. I'm sorry I'm dragging everybody down by a star. Yeah, anyway, that's it. That's it this <laughs> week. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening to the podcast. Thank you. I really, really want to say thank you to everybody who enjoyed the um, the bonus podcast this week. I wasn't sure whether it would be any good or not, but I found it really interesting to talk about, and it was lovely to hear so many people saying that they enjoyed it as well. Well, I think you did a really good job because we watched some of it, again, because we had the video. Yeah, Do video go to YouTube, YouTube to check it out. Um, because the photos really help. But when I was listening back to it, because it's difficult to listen to the podcast while you're also in it. So I was listening back to it and you were doing a very, very, really good job. I was quite pleased with of, myself. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that... Oh, you did as well. But what? The, the, the problem no, I that didn't. I thought with this particular episode, it was very scripty. The people who get 
copies of you know, the patrons who get the episode notes this week will see there's an awful lot of writing that went into this and the last thing that I wanted for this episode was for it to sound like I was just reading off a script because I hate it when podcasts do that and I know we certainly come across like that sometimes but no I was reading back with it today and I thought oh that's not, not a too bad a presentation style actually but just blow my own trumpet here I know. I think... watch somebody give us a four star review on iTunes. Michael's arrogant. <laughs> but no, it's I, I I really enjoyed it and do do um, if you're interested in the pictures because the the YouTube um, video that I put up this week has got more pictures as well because you could obviously see the little folder that I put up for the last episode which has got some pictures in but this has got some more. Anyway, I'm just trying to get more people shepherded along to our YouTube and while you're there, give us a a like and a subscribe. That'd be great. Ding that bell. And speaking of social media, and we are going to be quite cryptic about this at the moment, do keep an eye on our social media over the next couple of days because you might find some interesting stuff there. And we will say no more for now. Gemma, anything else to add at the end of this fine episode of the podcast? Thank you to our patrons. Um, And our non-patrons alike. Thank you. That's it. That's it. Well, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. I was just checking what the date was. How long have we got to do the March Patreon episode? Still got oh, a couple crap. of weeks, haven't we? Yeah, we'll manage it. We'll fit it in. The 1st of April is a Friday this time. So, um, What's that got to do with anything? Nothing, it just means we've got two weeks to do the bonus podcast. I love 1st we'll of manage April. It. We'll manage it. Right, we're going. I'm waffling. Thank you for listening. Check out our social media this weekend. You won't regret it. And um, that is it. So, ta from me, Michael, because I don't think I said my name at the beginning of the episode. Say goodbye, Gemma. Goodbye. Goodbye. Good night. Farewell. See, this is what happens when I don't interrupt you. I know. See, I need interrupting. Goodbye. Gemma, tell us who the music it's came from. It's the end from. of it. Music. And the music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Music.